Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Guess what day it is? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. weekend Good Friday, morning, everyone. Friday. Happy Friday. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's Super Bowl weekend. Carrie Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on a busy day of sports here on 101 ESPN. CD, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, I sir? know you're happy. I, I am. Listen, Randy, I generally am pretty good in the morning. Once I wake up, the first five to ten minutes, it's a little groggy. Uh, but once I'm up, I'm up, and I'm Moving and grooving. I, I just anticipated that Kerry uh, Davis probably woke up at like four, just tingling with excitement <laughs> over the fact that GP2 is back with his Golden State Warriors. I, listen, I, when I <laughs> I was actually at the barbershop, and I, it was NBA Live or NBA T, uh, Today was on, whatever that is, and they said GP2, and I said, ah, yes! Yes! Thank you! <sighs> they need defense, man. They need athleticism. They got rid of James Wiseman, who I was so disappointed when they drafted him mm-hmm. on draft night because yeah. Anthony Edwards was right there. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson had just went down with an injury. I felt like that might be, you know, yeah. then Andrew Wiggins wouldn't be there. But, no. you know, it, it, it is what it is. We'll get to that in a moment. It's 7.01. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The biggest trade in sports yesterday for us happened with your St. Louis Blues trading one of their best ever, Vladimir Tarasenko, a key member of their 2019 Stanley Cup championship team. Tarasenko and Nico Mikola go to the Rangers in exchange for a conditional first-round pick. It'll be the second of the Rangers' two first-rounders this year. They have their own and Dallas. Plus a fourth-round pick that becomes a third-rounder in 2024 if the Rangers make the playoffs this year. So if the Rangers make the playoffs, and right now they're seven points clear of the wild card in the Eastern Conference, then the Blues would get their 2024 third-round pick. The Blues also get back forward Sammy Blay and a big defenseman by the name of Hunter Skinner. Why did the Blues do this trade with the trade deadline still on the horizon on March 3rd? Here is Doug Armstrong. Yeah, I think you, it takes it takes two to, to make a trade. I think <coughs> obviously, excuse me, managers do their job. They they see where we are in the standings, and uh, you know, so I, I've been I've been dealing with with all the managers, all all the teams in the league, letting them know what our situation right now and. Uh, I got a little bit. Of, I got to say, I did get a little bit nervous uh, when both two two potent, potential unrestricted free agents got injured. It does it does clarify that things bad things can happen, and, and it's no one's fault or no one's issue. So uh, I just felt that if there was something that made sense to all parties involved, we would. There was no sense waiting to try and squeeze a little bit extra 
at the end, uh, you bring injuries in and you also bring a shrinking market in. I think the, for us, uh, acquiring a first-round pick was very important, and we were able to do that. A smart move, in my opinion, on the part of Army to get while the getting was good because there's a couple of guys out there. Timo Meyer is going to get traded, probably. Patrick Kane is probably going to get traded. Now, the Blues do pick up half of Tarasenko's salary, which is about a million and a half bucks. It's not that big of a deal. But they're able to get four assets for two that probably would not have been here to start next season. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking about this, you know, <laughs> since really the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. how the season would turn out um, if it didn't go well with, with uh, Tarasenko and O'Reilly being free agents, unrestricted free agents, would they be the ones to get moved? Um, and, and coming into this break and after the break, we were speaking the same things. And to finally get it done, I'm sure that, as he said, that they are happy to have the deal done. You're never happy to see guys leave because you know what they meant to this organization. But to get the deal done, to get something in return, um, it, it's good to finally know at least one piece of the of the puzzle. Vladdy is the fifth highest goal scorer in Blues history with 262, 11th in games, 7th in assists, 5th in points, and obviously helped the team win its Stanley Cup in 2019. Here's head coach Craig Bruby. Yeah, obviously last year too. He had his best year offensively last year. He was a real good player for us last year. And, um, you know, he's a pretty consistent guy over the years. I mean, went through a two-year stretch where he didn't play much because of injuries. But other than that, if you look at his numbers and his performance, you know, he's always, uh, you know, his numbers are always good. And so the Blues now will move on without Tarasenko. And, Kerry, I have to believe I I would be stunned if the Blues kept the other unrestricted free agents around, most notably, obviously, is Ryan O'Reilly, but also uh, Barbashev. I would be really surprised if that group were here at the end of the season. Well, I mean, you're still trying to figure out what the uh, what the market is for, for those guys, if there is a market. I mean, you just heard Army say when those two guys got injured, it, it sends fear through you because if you're not winning and you're not playing well and those guys are going to be un- un- unrestricted free agents at the end of the year, you want to try to move mm-hmm. them, and and with the injuries happening, that made it a little a little frightful, a little nervous time for 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 all involved. But I mean, there's still a couple of days before they get back to well, one day before mm-hmm. they get back to work tomorrow. Um, maybe something happens. Maybe maybe uh, O'Reilly goes out there and plays, and you just see what what you have. And he did skate yesterday. The Blues very well could have him in uniform tomorrow night. And then there were seven: Barbashev is still on the team. O'Reilly is still on the team. Braden Shen is still on the team. Robert Thomas is still on the team. Robert Bortuzzo, Colton Pareko, and Jordan Binnington. Those are the seven remaining from the Blues Stanley Cup Championship team four years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's professional sports, Randy. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know it, I know it. Uh, teams never stay the same year after year, and the further away you get from that championship team, the, the less people <laughs> that are going to be on that team that played in that championship game. That's just part of free agency, part of the trade market, people moving from place to place, people retiring. Uh, it happens, and you know, you still have a few guys here that know what it takes to mm-hmm. win a championship, so hopefully, if not this year, which, you know, by all accounts, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen this year, Going into next year, you get some more younger guys in, you draft a few guys, and you see if that group of guys that have won a championship can lead those younger guys to 
to the same destination. The NBA trade deadline was yesterday, as Kerry mentioned. His Golden State Warriors traded James Wiseman in a multi-team trade, and they get back Gary Payton II, whom they had last year and was a key part of their defensive rotation. They also get three future second-rounders. Atlanta gets Sadiq Bay. Kevin Knox goes to Portland. There were some other trades. Uh, the Suns really changed up their roster. They traded Dario Saric, a second-rounder in cash for Darius ba- Baisley. Uh, the... Uh, uh, the big trade of the well, the big trades of this deadline period took place well before the deadline yesterday afternoon, obviously with Irving and then uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, those two guys getting moved were uh, were obviously huge. I mean, you also West, Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. leaving to go to the Jazz, Patrick Beverly leaving the the Lakers also, I believe, to go to the Magic. There I don't were, get that one. Well, I, I you know what, I don't either. But they got a point guard in D'Angelo Russell. Um, and maybe they just felt it wasn't the right fit for Patrick Beverly there, even without Russell Westbrook. This is a team in the in the L.A. Lakers. I know a lot of people said that, well, they got better. I still don't know that they win a championship or get close to, to even a Western Conference Finals with the roster that they have. I don't think they do. Yeah, no. I, I, I'm not. I'm still not, you know, believing that they are set, especially. And then, Randy, one thing we didn't talk about, we did talk about it briefly, but we all saw the video of uh, Anthony Davis sitting down when LeBron James made the record-making mm-hmm. shot to take the all-time scoring lead. There's something there with that. I, it's something internal. It's something going on. I I didn't like it as a as a you know as a former athlete, and I'm sure that the entire team is kind of looking at them a little sideways. That that's not a team. If that's how they're handling their business. That is going to make a championship run. College Heather Dinich reporting from ESPN that Oklahoma and Texas have agreed in principle to pay the Big 12 $100 million so that they can join the SEC after next season. For the 2024 campaign last week, it was announced that it was basically a fait accompli that they would join in 2025 to get into the SEC a year earlier and get out of the Big 12 a year earlier. $100 million goes to the Big 12. So, Randy, I think what this says is that if you got money, you can just do just about anything. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they just a, just last week they reported, oh no, they're not leaving till 2025. We can't get them out of the contracts. Oh, we got 100 million. You know what? Go ahead, get out of here. Take <laughs> off, you crazy kids. We'll we watch it from the other side. <laughs> like what? What is going on here? It's it, unbelievable. You got money, you can pay your yep. way out of it, and don't worry about it. That, that seems to be the the theme. Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP in the National Football League. The Hall of Fame class of 2023 is announced. No tour. Corey Holt, Don Coriel did officially make it, the former coach of the football Cardinals and the Chargers. Those that made it, Kerry, are Rondé Barber, Chuck Howley, who is still to this day the only player from a losing team ever to win Super Bowl MVP, Joe Klecko, former Jets and Colts defensive lineman, Revis Island, Darrell Revis makes it, Ken Riley, former Bengals cornerback. He's only the second Bengal to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. The only other guy they had was Munoz. They'll have a few. Yeah, we have <laughs> 10. We have, St. Louis has 10. Yeah. Cincinnati has two now. Uh, former Browns tackle Joe Thomas, former Cowboys linebacker Zach Thomas, really deserving, great player, and Cowboys and Broncos pass rusher DeMarcus Ware. I'm not mad with this uh, with this group of guys. I, I think we all said, I think when we did our picks earlier in the year, a couple of months ago, a month or so ago when the finalists came out, we said Darrell Revis, we said uh, Joe Thomas, I believe I said Zach Thomas as well, 
and I thought Rondé would get in. I think this is essentially, and we might have to run the tape back, but I think this is essentially the group of guys that we thought would make it. Maybe Tory here mm-hmm. or, or Reggie Wayne. We thought maybe a receiver would get in, but they didn't get any in, which is surprising. Um, next year, maybe there will be a, a, a couple of the, a couple of them that go in. Yeah, eventually those guys will make yep. it, right? Tory and, and Heinz Ward and Reggie Wayne and that group will make it. And then here's the way the bracket for the greatest sports family of all time is breaking down. Uh, Serena and uh, Venus Williams eliminate the Earnhardts, uh, 63 to 37%. So Williams and the Ali's make it to the Elite Eight, okay? The, the Ali's beating Dell and Steph and Seth Curry 58 to, or 57 to 43, essentially. You okay with that? I'm fine with that. I I, I actually picked Ali. Okay. Uh, he is. Listen, Rock. You can slam the table all you want. I I feel like oh, no, no, Warriors. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Warriors fan Carrie is very happy about Gary yeah, Payton the second. I am okay. also okay. a okay. realist okay. and understand that Muhammad Ali okay. is was the original goat. We talk about goats all the time. He was the original goat. When everyone was saying the greatest of all time, he was the one. You know. I mean, what are we talking about? And. His daughter was pretty good, too. So, Muhammad Ali is better at his sport than even Steph Curry is at his. And Layla was a champion, right? And she won Dancing that, with the Stars. Oh, that, that opened your eyes very wide, Matthew Rocchio. You disagree. This is this, this is a young man's take. I, I don't I, know I enough about the sport of boxing to okay, say that. Okay, well, thank you. Say that. How about the uh, history of the world? Let's just let's, let's <laughs> he is I'm a historian. Not, I'm not taking yeah. away I'm not taking away Muhammad Ali's impact on the world history, but this is this is about sporting. This is about sports families. That's all I'm saying. And yeah, the Ali's are better. But that doesn't mean you should uh, uh, Listen, you ask the city of St. Louis right now how you how you how you're supposed to vote in this in the, in this bracket and the majority of them if they, if, if the hockey bracket looks like it like it does, they're uh, they're voting with their hearts, Carrie. That's all I'm saying. I understand. Okay, no, so I like that you went logical. Fine, fine, <laughs> um, fine. What? So on one side of the bracket, we've got the Mannings and the Longs with the Molinas and the Griffies. On the other side of the bracket, we have the Williams and the Earnhardts. Or uh, yeah, uh, Williams beating the Earnhardts and uh, the Ali's beating the Curries. And then, uh, did we? What was uh, the Sutter total there? I didn't. Uh, let me make sure that we have the. The Sutter. Oh, so we're working on that today, right? Oh yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, this, yes. that that side of the bracket's done. So we are we are yeah. down to our quarterfinals. We're putting all so that the four the four regional finals, if you will, will be going up on Twitter uh, momentarily, Randy. So uh, it'll be Manning and Long, the final mm-hmm. of our football bracket. Yep. Molina versus the Griffies in the final of our ba- baseball bracket. The final of the hockey bracket. Now St. Louis has got a choice to make: the Hulls versus. The suitors, Sutters, Sutters. Excuse me. I almost. I didn't do. I didn't do the little trick in my head. I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then the final of our potpourri <laughs> bracket, which now we really can't call the basketball bracket because nobody because nobody from basketball mm-hmm. made it. The Williams sisters facing on against the Ali family. Okay. And, you'll be and able- now, Carrie Davis, I, I I have no idea what your vote's going to be in that final. You don't. But you should. It's yeah. going to be the Williams. So no question. You right. can vote throughout the day. Matthew Rocchio will put it up. I will retweet it. Kerry will retweet it. And you'll have the opportunity to vote throughout the weekend so that we can determine uh, even more who the greatest sports family of all time is. Okay, here's what we got coming up on the show. Travis Feeney, Battlehawks linebacker at the bottom of the hour. So Jay Delsing is going to join us in just a moment. 
Chip Carey, the new TV voice of the Cardinals, will join us at 8.30. So we have an early fight today. The fight is going to be at 8.15. Robert Thomas at 9 o'clock, a lot to talk about with him. And then Joe Vitale at 9.30. And we're here until 10 o'clock. It's Carey, it's Matthew, it's Randy. It is the opening drive. Jay Delsing talking golf next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jay Delsing's on the uh, Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. He is one of our all-time favorites, former PGA pro, and one of the really good guys in our town. Good morning, Mr. Delsing. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Good morning. I'm doing fine. Thank you. I was just telling Carrie, and you will remember this, too. When I was a kid and Muhammad Ali would fight, everybody, I mean everybody, watched Muhammad Ali, right? At school, people prepared and talked all day about Muhammad Ali fighting that night. And then the next day, everybody talked about Muhammad Ali fighting. Isn't that the way your experience was? Absolutely. We watched every single fight, the Thrilla in Manila. I mean, we, we watched them all. Yeah, and Jay, that's impact. I mean, that's where. So Muhammad Ali was bigger than Steph Curry. Is what our point? Yeah, yeah. Jay. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately for Kerry, it's not even in the same planet. Well, it, it's I, really not. I agree. I, I, I. We're working on Matthew Rocchio here. A couple of weeks ago, he told me that Kobe was not a top ten basketball player. Maybe top fifteen. Maybe top twenty. But definitely not top ten. And now today. He questions whether Ali is greater than Steph Curry at their respective sports. I, I'm I'm at a loss for words, Jay. And and I heard when you got on the phone with him, you were you were trying to convince him as well. Am I correct in that thought process? Uh, I, I just said, come on, man, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and he's he's got a he's got a plan over there. He's just trying to ruffle your guys' feathers. And I like that. I, I said it. He I said it a couple of weeks ago. He's definitely trolling me just to get a response because oh, he knows yeah. I'm going to respond in the manner just what he's looking for <laughs> oh, i think it's working I, i'm a little fired up i mean i love steph curry i've, I've got to play a little golf with steph he's oh, a hell wow. of a golfer but come on man okay <laughs> come on man Jay, let's talk some uh, i want to talk some golf but i want to talk business because you're a businessman wild crush over there in town and country and it's a magnificent wine bar and people love it and if you haven't been there you need to get to wild crush but if somebody were to well if, if you and wild crush were to sue somebody and we were to get into your numbers would we find out that you have absolutely zero revenues like the live tour does <laughs> you know we've only been we've only been open for a year, but we're, we're pretty much whipping their butts. In terms of revenue. I mean, it's, uh, it's not it's it's not a big number, but I mean, we're we're pretty proud of it. Jay, how do they they they've spent uh, seven hundred million, I believe? How, how do they sustain if they're not making any money? I know they have a uh, uh, you know a, a vast amount of money to to spend from and to pour from, but if you're not making anything in return, at what point do you say enough is enough? Right. I mean, and, and that's and, 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 and at what point in time do they lose interest? You know, because it's is it's, it's, it's what they're sitting and when they sit in a room together, are they accomplishing what, you know, Greg Norman says they are. Are they accomplishing what they're set out to accomplish? Because with this TV deal with the CW guys, it's a it's a rev sharing thing. There's no rights fees being paid to the live tour. So. 
um, they're going to have to spend a boatload just on the production side before they even have any any additional incomes flowing in from some sort of ad rep. And I'm interested, guys, on the other hand, to see who's going to advertise with the CW to be on that network while they're playing. It's going to be interesting. Hey, well, hey, go ahead. Jay, I, I was going to ask you this. As far as players, if you are working for a company, essentially, that is paying you this vast amount of money, but they're not making any money, and we've already talked, Phil Mickelson said there's some scary MFers. At what point do, does the fear start to set in, hey, this company needs to make money and they're, because they're spending all this money on us? Kerry, if these guys, and, and there are some of them that aren't, aren't inclined to think this way, that thought should have set in a while ago. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just, uh, there's just a lot that, that, that goes into this, guys. And, and um, the, the fact that there, you know, there's, there's no official world golf rankings has kind of tossed our, our world upside down in terms of the golf rankings. Because, you, you know, if you look at how the system worked prior to live. It was all pretty much legit and all pretty much meant something. Now you remove these guys, and regardless of whether you like live or not, because I'm not a fan, Dustin Johnson should be ranked higher than 300 in the world. But you know, you re- remove him, you play a three-round event. There's no cut. I mean, what, what are you, what, what are you supposed to do? I, I, I mean, it, it, it's it's tossed everything upside down, Randy. Well, I wonder what it was like back in the days when the, when there was all of this disharmony in the other leagues, you know, when the, the um, AFL and the NFL, you know, and the NBA merging with the ABA and, and the WHA. And I don't remember that well enough, but right now, man, I had Tom Watson. I have Tom Watson coming on the show this week and he's like, well, it's just an exhibition. It's plain and simple. Live is just an exhibition. There's no cut and there's no pressure. Tom said, Where's the pressure to win mm-hmm. on the Live Tour compared to the PGA Tour? And that's that was a great point. And I think that's where we were with the ABA and the and the AFL is that there were the the sports were legitimate because not only did you have legitimate players like Live does, but it it was apples to apples. The the AFL game was comparable to the NFL game. The ABA game was comparable to the NBA game. So not only did you have the, have the players, but you were playing the same sport. And now with these guys only playing fifty four. With the music and no cuts, it is a different sport. And I guess the closest thing to live is what's happening this weekend, right? Down in Scottsdale, Arizona, where they've got the 16th hole at the TPC Stadium course. Uh, Jay, obviously, for a viewer and especially an attendee, this is as cool as it gets. Aside from the 16th hole, because not everybody can be on the 16th hole. What else do you like? Where, Where would you camp out if you were going to the Waste Management Open today? Oh my gosh, you, you would just kind of walk around with your with your jaw dropping a little bit because the ma- what's what's so neat about this tournament is the number of spectators that are there. They they far exceed anything that we do on tour uh, and, and any other event. It is just such an event. Um, it's it's like going to well, it's almost like our Super Bowl in terms of attendance because it's just. There's so many people. I can remember, guys, back in the day, and of course, 100 years ago, but we would be driving out after we played on a Friday, and there'd be a, the line to pull in was still twice as deep <laughs> because they had the parties, they had the, the bird's nest, they had 
Uh, Duck Soup was a, a really famous band back then. And, I mean, back back when we, we would play on Saturday morning after making a cut and try to make some money, there would be beer cans all over the place. You know, it was it was just one of those things that, that it, it, it pretty much overwhelmed the Phoenix Thunderbirds uh, back in the day. They, they just, they, they, but they made so much money for charities off of that, that, that it's, it's become what it is now. I mean, guys, the 16th hole's got, I don't know what, four, uh, last time I was there and it's been five years, they had four levels of skyboxes completely encompassing this part three. I mean, when you walk out there as a golfer, it is one cool experience. You've never experienced an arena setting like that. So it's got to be on a minor level, like walking into an NFL stadium because you don't have, I mean, someone like me that nobody, that when I made a hole in one out there, Randy and Kerry, I remember some guy was saying to his friend behind him, who the hell is this guy? And he goes, I don't know, but I'll bet you five bucks he misses the green. And I made a hole in one, and I turned right around, and I got beer thrown on me. It was a, it was a great feeling. Jay, I was going to ask you that. How many times have you gotten a hole in one, and how, how difficult is that? You don't want to hear this. I do want to hear it. Okay. Uh, I don't I've want played to hear a it. lot. I've played a lot. Okay, give us a number, Jay. I've played a lot of golf. It's 20. 20 times? I made 20 hole in once, yeah. Oh I made 20 hole in once, yeah. You're yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I get in the room. But, but, the law Randy, what, uh, I haven't even been with somebody who hit one. <laughs> okay, I've never either. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I have to believe, Jay, that that one, that one at number 16, I mean, if, if you pick one of the 20 out in your mind's eye, that's got to be a big one. Is there one that's bigger or more memorable than that one? No, no, they're just in front of so many people. Well, up in Toronto, I made a hole in one on a par four once, but it was a downhill shot, and I and we never saw it go in. And the only reason we knew it was in the hole is as we were walking off the green, someone had put their ball in the hole and said, "Hey, were you playing a Titleist too?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I was." So, uh, but that was just myself and a force of having it in front of all those people. And you know, now the thing is, the the, the hole is you know legendary. I think Sam Ryder just tweeted out. Uh, you know, this is probably the week where I become my most famous, guys, because I got <laughs> the, the, the 16th hole, and, and they they built that kind of monument to to any of us that have made a hole in one. So I got my name on something with Tiger Woods, and I think that's the only thing that works out like that. Hey, Jay, before we let you go, and we thank you for joining us early today, you mentioned Tom Watson on the show this weekend. Yes, I got Tom Watson, and I've got Brian Folk. We're doing a teacher series for the next four or five weeks, guys, and, and uh, just to try to help people get a sense of what it's like to take a lesson, what to expect. And, and this is the time where we can start ramping up our thoughts because hopefully we don't have too, too much cold weather left. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Jay Delson, great to hear your voice. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. See you later. The great Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Battlehawks get underway a week from Sunday, and we're going to talk to their linebacker, Travis Feeney, next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. 
If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. from the opening of the redux of the St. Louis Battlehawks. The new XFL getting underway next week, the week after the Super Bowl. And uh, CD, the Battlehawks are going to open up on February 19th at San Antonio. Week two, they're at Seattle. Week three, they're at D.C. And then people can watch their Battlehawks against the Arlington Renegades in week four. Sunday, March 12th, a 3 o'clock game at the Dome can be seen on ESPN2. And if you just go to XFL.com, you can get tickets for the game. I just Tell me if this is a, a, a bad move on my part, a mean move. So uh, Travis Feeney from the Battle Hawks is going to join us momentarily, linebacker. He is a native of Richmond, California, just mm-hmm. like DeMarco Farr. He played at the University of Washington, just like DeMarco Farr. So... Uh, I texted DeMarco Farr, and it's 5.30 his time. <laughs> Do you hate getting texts at 5.30 in the morning? I, I don't, because okay. I, I my phone won't go off, generally. <laughs> it <laughs> won't, won't, won't bother me at all. Yeah. I, I, until around 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. is when I, I can start receiving phone calls and text messages, and that's when I'll answer. So. I want you to give us, and we don't know until we see, but we know the coaching in the XFL is going to be pretty good. We know that they've got a lot of position coaches and coordinators, and for many teams, head coaches that have coached in the NFL. Mm -hmm. They have the guys that have been cut every year. Every NFL team has 90 players in camp, and they cut down to 53, and then they bring a few back. So there are 75, 85. There's 25 players per NFL team every year that don't make the league. So of those 25 guys, how good can they be? Can we? Can they be like a couple of inches below the, the high quality of the NFL? Well, some of them could actually be uh, players in the NFL and potentially starters. There is a, a, a thought that... Just because you don't make the team that you are are not a good football player, and that's not always accurate. There are there are guys that are cut for for salary cap reasons, meaning someone else is is 
making more and so they got to stay around and you got to you make less so they got to cut you or vice versa you're going to make less and they want to cut the guy that's making more um so there are there are many times where guys are are you know rookies or second year guys are still plugging their way through and just need to find the right spot I was one of those guys I, I got cut um from Indianapolis my rookie year and then I got picked up by Atlanta and then I got cut by Atlanta the following year and so it's not that – and then I became the starting fullback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's not that I wasn't good enough. It's just I had to find the right place for me to fit in a, a certain type of offense. And, and in, in Pittsburgh, I was finally given that opportunity. But there are going to be plenty of guys in the XFL. Uh, you saw it last, last year in the USFL that can play football mm-hmm. at a high level. Um, and these leagues are affording these guys the opportunity to get film – to not have to go, you know, out of the country to go play elsewhere, whether it's in Canada. Uh, for us, it used to be NFL Europe, um, but it's giving them an opportunity to play on TV as well mm-hmm. and get the film so some of these NFL scouts can still watch them and see them. And, Kerry, NFL coaches have tremendous egos and tremendous oh, yeah. fear. But here's the thing. If I'm an NFL owner, if I'm one of those 32 owners, okay, if I'm the owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I have Kyle Trask who sat, sat on the bench the last couple of years, or if I'm in Tennessee and I've got Malik Willis who needs playing time, I'm going to forge at the very least a quarterback relationship with the XFL, with the USFL, so that I can get those guys playing time. I don't think, and this is why I think that the ego hurts the NFL people. I don't think that there's a replacement for actually playing football for these guys. A guy like Trey Lance, he's played 17 games in the mm-hmm. last four years. No, eight, 19 games, 19 starts in the last four years. Trey Lance, you're telling me that he can't use some experience? You're saying use it kind of like a minor league system. Exactly. Kind of like yeah. each team has an affiliate yeah. and to get more reps, kind of what the what, what the Blues did when they send their guys down during all-star break or what what the Cardinals may do during during the season if if a guy gets hurt or you know needs to do a rehab mm-hmm. stint just goes down there and gets some get some innings or get get a couple of opportunities to get a bets I, I I don't disagree with that at all I think the only issue is if you do that you would want that player wearing a red jersey if he's a quarterback yeah you right and I have no problem with that it, then it changes the it, game it changes the drastically game. and and just so put now, a flag on him. Uh, I mean, they're probably really close to doing that in the NFL anyway, exactly. Randy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that would be the only concern that a team would have is who's protecting our quarterback mm-hmm. if we send him. Because you're not going to have Lane Johnson protecting Jalen Hurts if he were if he were playing yeah. in the USFL affiliate of, of the Philadelphia Eagles just yeah. to get a rehab. Here's the thing. A guy like Willis, a guy like Trask, and we can go around to every team. A guy like Drew Locke missed out. A guy like Gabbert was really yeah. done a disservice. But if – you give that player a total of four weeks with coaches watching tape and going out on a practice field and not seeing any defenses, or you give that player an opportunity to actually practice with a team and play 10 games against a defense regardless of how good the defense is, I would argue till the end of time that that game experience is going to be more valuable than sitting in an office with his coach. I I, I can see both sides of it. My fear as a as a coach is I'm not sending my guy that mm-hmm. I won't in high school. I won't let our starting quarterback work with the 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 second or third offensive line. No no sir. Our yeah. starting running backs because you know those guys are are still developing and learning how to get better, and it would be. Not intelligent to 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 put them put those players behind that offensive line if they're not able to protect. Them. Here's my thing: I think NFL coaches are just worried about somebody being better than they are. 
Well, that, that that's potential as well. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't want somebody else developing my quarterback because then my owner will believe that he's better at developing developing a quarterback than me. Possibly, I, I could see I can see both sides of that, Randy. Yeah, there are some some egos yeah. in in this business. Nothing like reps. It's, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, the Trey Lance would be better with the and he's a bad example now because he's injured. Trask would be better to start training camp with a year of USFL football or uh, XFL football under his belt. Maybe. Yeah. I I, I see your argument. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. (laughs) Coming up next, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Kerry Davis, Matthew Rocchio, Randy Carricker, and it is time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Our uh, former show teammate and still station teammate, Michelle Smallman, was texting during the show yesterday because she was so enamored of the Lakers getting Malik Beasley, who used to date hmm. Larsa Pippen, Scotty Pippen's uh former wife and the mother of Scotty Pippen Jr. Well, now Scotty Pippen Jr. is a member of the Lakers, as is Scotty Pippen Jr., Larsa Pippen's son, as is Malik Beasley, who is Larsa Pippen's former boyfriend. Uh, Kerry Davis, take it or leave it. Family day for the Lakers <laughs> is going to be epic. <laughs> the same. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. And she's the same Larsa Pippen that is dating uh, Michael Jordan's Michael son. Yeah, Marcus. Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's 49. He's 31. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't Back have in the day. Actually, the team that came to St. Louis and became the spirits of St. Louis was the Carolina Cougars. Take it oh. or leave it. That should have been Lars's favorite team. Oh, yeah, and, and Zach Wilson would have been joining in. Clearly. Oh, you know that. Yeah. Season ticket order. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, the, uh, we talked earlier about Oklahoma and Texas going to leaving the Big 12, heading to the SEC. Take it or leave it. They neither wins a championship, a Big 12, uh, a, a SEC championship within 10 years. I will take that. It's going to yeah. be some hard sledding. It's going to be a, a, mm-hmm. a hard road in, in the SEC. Take, I'll 100% take it. Now, here's the thing. Both have, right now at the least, head coaches that know what a national championship looks like. Mm-hmm. Brent Venables did it yep. at Clemson. Sarkeesian yep. knows what the SEC looks like with his experience at Alabama. But, and Gary Pinkle told the Mizzou people this when they moved. He said, you better be ready for a change in culture. I don't know that Texas has figured out what college football is now. I think Joe Castiglione is sharp enough. Oklahoma's made their share of mm-hmm. championship, uh, the, the Final Four. I don't think Texas has figured out what college football is in 2023 yet. I, I'm intrigued to see how this pans out for them, how it works. There. Mm-hmm. As well as USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. Well, like, I think I want to see how these different teams fare 
in these different conferences. Texas got used to being in charge of a conference. Yeah. They had the Longhorn Network. They wouldn't share with anybody. And because of their assertion of themselves as the, the top of the, the ladder, yeah. you had schools like A&M, like Mizzou, like Colorado, like Nebraska leave yeah. the Big 12 simply because Texas owned the conference. I'll be interested to see how they handle being one of 16 yeah. rather than the, the one and then the yeah. other 11. All right, uh, Matthew, what do you got on the text line? Texas jerks. <laughs> UT. Take idiots. it or leave it. The Blues get a better package for Ryan O'Reilly than they did for Tarasenko. I'm going to leave that, but I will say it'll be similar. I will say a first, a third, and two prospects. So let me ask you this. So in, in football and in basketball, you can trade, once you trade the picks, is there a possibility that someone would trade, that the Blues could trade up in the draft with some of these yes, draft picks that they have? They have done that before. So, so did it so to get Tarasenko? Connor Bedard is still in play? Yes. Depending technically, on, yeah, technically, the team that gets the number one pick is taking Connor Bedard. Gotcha. But the, yes, technically, the if you can find the dumb team like then, the New York Jets that had the pick then. of Orlando Pace, <laughs> right. if you can find the dumb team, you can pull that off. There yeah. you go. You just need one. Take it or leave it. Vladdy's no trade clause hindered what the Blues got for him. Leave it. Hundred percent. Leave it. They I weren't going to get that. No trade was not going to provide them any more leverage than they already had, or any less leverage than they already had. I, in fact, I don't, a bad team wasn't trading for Tarasenko, right? It was only yeah. going to be a good team that traded mm-hmm. for him. He wanted to go to a good team. No, I'd, a guy that's going to walk out the door in two months, like, well, three months, because you're going to have March, April, May, okay? And hopefully for the Rangers, June. Uh, but then he's an unrestricted free agent. Getting a number one pick in and of itself for yeah. an unrestricted free agent is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Now you get a number three, and you get Sammy Blayback, and you get the defenseman. Yeah, no, that you weren't doing any better than that. Take it or leave it. Since the quality of players in the product on the ice is dropping, Blues ticket prices should as well. Leave it. That's just not the way it works. That's not reality. Wow, well, Randy. Sorry. Well, I mm. mean, if we were in a in a fair market. We would we would do such thing, right? It'll still be supply and demand. It's still a great entertainment device for people. Just because the team is not what it was four years ago doesn't make the entertainment aspect of going to a blues game any less. What if people stopped showing up though? Well, that like happened with the Lakers when Kobe got hurt, right? Yeah. They slashed their ticket prices seventy five percent. Blues fans though, St. Louis fans are more loyal than that. Hmm. Okay. And here's the, here's the deal. The, the reality of the situation is the Blues commit to spending to the cap every year. The, their outlay is as high as it can possibly be. They they can't spend any more money yeah. than they spend. Uh, that group of owners, Tom Stillman and the Enterprise family and the worldwide technology folks, the Taylor family, uh, I, I don't expect them to take a loss because bad things happened with their team. That's just not the way the world works right now, unfortunately. If, for example, the quality of a car, uh, so you get one lemon, car manufacturer X is not going to start discounting cars. cars. Yeah, You still have that supply and demand issue, and you have the cost of doing business. Wow, Randy taking a direct shot at Cadillac. That, that was uncalled for. Is Cadillac making bad vehicles though? I think they got. They got. I mean, they got. They got Did bought. They, get, they got bought out and reformed like 
10 oh, years ago under Chrysler, I think. Oh, they're GM. Like Cadillac's been GM forever. That's it. That's it. I mean, I'm thinking Chrysler. That's, maybe that's oh, Chrysler, Yeah, for. Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, Jeep, or good vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm wondering why you're taking a shot at him, Randy. Jeez. Take it or leave it. Spags has one more dominant defensively called game in him. Carrie I'll take Davis. that. I mean, he, he, I'm sure he has one more in him. Is it going to be this game this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? I, he's going to coach after this weekend, I'm sure. So I'm sure he has at least one more. You know. You can call an absolutely pristine defensive game. And if A.J. Brown, who's what, 6'2 and 225, outmuscles your cornerback for uh, football and your cornerback has perfect coverage and A.J. Brown wins the battle and runs for 65 yards yeah. and a touchdown, doesn't matter what your play call is. I agree. It's about the Jimmy and, Jimmys and Joes, not yeah. the X's and O's. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. Vladdy gets a standing ovation when the Rangers visit in April. Yeah, I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. That's just who we are. Yeah, we yeah. we like, like our guys. Randy, what's the most... Uh, Unexpected standing ovation that a former St. Louis athlete has gotten on their return. Oh, I, I, I don't think probably. I, I don't think any of them are surprising anymore. Colton Wong being yeah. brought to tears. David Freeze with his. Um, they're every returning Cardinal at Bush Stadium gets them, and some guys have been uh, lesser players with the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I, I don't have one that stands out. Everybody gets them, and that's kind of the point. Yeah. There's been yeah. a couple where you're just like, really? You got okay. That, that's yeah. a perfect fight question, yeah. Rock. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's so, a terrible fight question. Um, what? Yesterday, yesterday. So you don't do it. Yeah. One of the one of the gauntlet <laughs> questions, one of the answers was Zabinik Mahalik. That was one of the options. Uh, he wasn't the answer, but he was one of the options. Mm-hmm. Who played like, what, 15 games for the Blues or something? The old defenseman from Colorado. And so, war <laughs> number six for the Blues, Zabinic Mahalik. And he, yeah, he got, at least from me, he got a standing O when he returned. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a, it was, so my daughter and I were going to games and we would, uh, uh, we, we would cheer for him. You know, he'd, he'd hit the ice, Zabinic! <laughs> yeah, Zabinic Mahalik, he was one of my all-time favorite Blues. Uh, Maklav Nedimansky, one of my all-time favorite Blues. Yeah, they, we had, we had some guys. Alexei Gusarov, one of my I'm, all-time favorite Blues. We had, we had some guys. He could have he could have said any combination of names there, Carrie, and I would have been like, yeah, that's that's a blue. <laughs> the Blues will take it or leave it. The Blues will be better set up to win a cup next year than they were this year. Take it. Yes, they will. And well, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, much. You, I, 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 thank you. Yeah, it just from this year to next year, it's not saying that they're going to win. It's just that they're better off, have a better chance to win next year. I mean, this year is pretty much solidified. Yeah. Isn't, so this, this yeah. group had. Most of the players have gotten as good as they're going to get. Next year's team, you'll have a group of players that have a better opportunity to ascend rather than descend. I see. See, my point would be my answer to that question would be entirely decided on the jump in play of a Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas over these next 20 games. Because if those guys show that, if they continue to take a next step, then you're thinking going forward in next year they can continue to grow. Whereas this year you were you were still thinking, well, Vlad, he had 80 points last year. Ryan O'Reilly had a better playoffs than he did a regular season. Maybe they can still roll over that production into this regular season. Obviously it didn't happen. That's a, that's that's going to be a tough one for me. Uh, take it or leave it after the... And by the way, Jordan Cairo is still a point-of-game guy. I don't, I don't know why we're asking uh, him to be... a. Now, he, granted, he's a minus 25, but he's 23 years player. old. I, I don't 
I, I don't know if you're going to get more than a point a game out of Jordan Cairo. Hmm. Maybe well, maybe he becomes, stats, becomes more, a hundred oh, point guy. I mean, not not just you know point stats, but I like him. More, I think he's going to be good. Becoming a more all yeah all around player, I think, is something to to watch for. Um, take it or leave it. After this Vladdy trade, the Blues will try to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly. Leave it. You know. I, I, I feel like I was listening to something and um, was it Army that said he had a, a conversation behind closed doors with, with O'Reilly? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I I could see him, I mean, just just from the, the context of that conversation, I could see him potentially coming back. I don't know that, that you know, that may be a conversation that they that they had and, and I don't know what the number mm-hmm. would be or, or what the number would require. And, or what the market value is for O'Reilly right now if he were to hit the open market. See, that's the thing. I think the return for him as a potential free agent would be as high as it is for Vladdy. He's mm. a really valuable commodity because he can still play defense. He's not the offensive player that he was. Uh, several months ago, watching a game, texting with a buddy, and the buddy texted, remember the Roy Green line when he went to Philadelphia and somebody said, hey, Roy, have you lost a step? And Roy paused, smiled, and said, yeah, but I had one to lose. <laughs> well, Ryan didn't have God, one to that's lose. A good line. Uh, so I, I think that's the thing. I, uh, if you sign Ryan O'Reilly, you have to expect him to be a bottom six rather than a top six center at this point. One thing I learned yesterday from Richard Jefferson is he when when Gary Payton the second got resigned got traded back mm-hmm. to the Warriors, he said they asked him what did you learn from that. He said always take your money. He said do not settle for a hometown discount. Mm-hmm. If they want you bad enough, they'll either pay you or they'll bring you back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always get your money. And so if, in, in Ryan O'Reilly's case, if the money is there at, at a higher level, yeah, you got to go get paid. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And there, thank you very much for your text. We do appreciate it. Coming up, as the Blues get back into action tomorrow night, with all the things that have happened, what intrigues you about the last 31 games? That's next on 101 ESPN. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. I would say this is in my managing career uh, as, as a general manager. Uh, I've had discipline. I've had 
playoff disappointment in both St. Louis and in Dallas where we thought we would go deeper. Really no regular season disappointment uh, to, to this magnitude. So yeah, I, I'm, I am disappointed. I am. I thought quite honestly we would be pushing right now for a playoff spot which, which would cloud things uh, more than they're clouded right now on, on what to do moving forward. Doug Armstrong yesterday on the heels of the trade of Vladimir Tarasenko to the Rangers, and it has been a disappointing season for the Blues. I expected them to be a playoff team. I didn't expect them to win the division, but I certainly expected them to be a playoff team. Kerry, I know when we made our preseason predictions, both of us had the Blues as not only a, a playoff team, but comfortably into the in the top three in their division and it just has not worked out for them yeah it has not they have not you know performed particularly well you know had some injuries you've had guys not playing at the level that we thought that they would play and and I think more so you know we talked a lot about who was going to be the leading goal scorer you picked uh Pavel Buchnevich Mm -hmm. I picked uh, Tarasenko um but we didn't speak much or or at all about defense and and defensively that's where they've struggled. They've allowed way too many goals in, in too many games, four or five goals a game at times. And those are the reasons and and that they're those are the reasons that they're losing. And Jordan Bennington is probably still your team MVP. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> that speaks volumes as to what this team is lacking. And I think that's the defensive discipline of of doing your job well and at a high level to get back and help out your goalie so that you don't get that many shots and that many goals in. It is notable that the Blues brought back Sammy Blay, who is 6'3", over 200 pounds, that Skinner, the defenseman that they brought back, is 206-pounder, that they've added size to this group. And part of what intrigues me about this stretch run of 31 games, I would think that if they trade O'Reilly, they're going to get more big bodies. Mm -hmm. And I'm obviously, we're all interested to see what... Kairou can do with even more minutes. He's at 17 minutes a game. Get him up to 18 or 19. But I want to see a healthy Butchnevich too. If, yeah. if Pavel Butchnevich can play, he's a number one quality right winger. I would guess right now, if the Rangers had the choice between Vladimir Tarasenko and Butchnevich, they traded Butchnevich for Sammy Blay. Right. Uh, my guess is they probably they made a mistake in tra- trading Butchnevich. I want to see what he and Kairou can become as your top six right wingers. That's one of the more intriguing things. And then I want to see, because you're 100% right about the defense, and the defense is little. And I don't think they, they can move Krug or Pareko, and I don't think they want to move Letty or Falk. And Bortuzzo is going to be here. They already moved Mikola. So, and, and they brought up Tyler Tucker. I want to see more of Callie Rosen. Mm-hmm. I want to see Tyler Tucker play. And if Skinner gets up here and gets into the lineup, I want to see what the, the Blues have in him. Because I do think, Kerry, at the beginning of next year, unless something magical occurs, and by the way, Doug Armstrong has performed magic tricks in the past, but my guess would be that you'll probably start next season with Pareko, Krug, Letty, Falk as your top four. Yeah, you, you talked about bringing some size back. Nico Mikola was a pretty big guy, mm-hmm. but it's not so much about the size, but the style of play. The, this team has not been physical enough, and specifically on the defensive end, whether it's the forwards coming back and, and, and back-checking, making sure that they are playing their part, doing their job, hustling back and not leaving their teammates out to dry. You got to get more effort on the defensive end, and, and the goals will come. I mean, those things will happen uh, when you get those opportunities. But playing defensively and playing sound and being physical, I think that's the thing that has been lacking, and hopefully – as you said, the bigger bodies that are coming back are, mm-hmm. are more physical and more willing to do that. And, Kerry, we, as a, a fan base, 
we can only go on what we have seen. But I can tell you this. Back when he was with Minnesota, Marco Scandella was a really good player. Mm -hmm. And we're probably going to get the opportunity to see him. He's going to turn 33 here next week, in a couple of weeks, on February 23rd. But Marco Scandella was a nice, big-minute player for Minnesota for a lot of years when they were winning playoff series. And I wonder if Scandella can be better than we think he can because he just has not performed well as a member of the Blues. That's another intriguing aspect of this. If he comes back and he's healthy, maybe plays 25 games, I wonder if Scandella can edge himself into consideration to be a Blues player next year. Yeah, him and, and Perunovic, those two were, mm-hmm. were injured uh, you know, during the season, Scandella before the season and Perunovic right right at the beginning. And, and you have noticed throughout this season the defenseman like you said struggling at times and not playing or performing well if you can get some guys in here that are you know fresh legs for yeah. one that mm-hmm. haven't haven't been skating haven't been running around skating too much and doing too much and can do some more things physically i, I think that might help this team yeah. i don't know if it helps them to the tune of going to a uh, making a playoff push but it definitely helps you and get get you going in the right direction for next season yeah, let's just do a blind taste test here I'm going to give you a 6'3", 212-pound left defenseman, number uh, number three defenseman, th- a third-pairing guy, that uh, has a good stick and is, for a good team, a, a plus 10, plus 8 guy that can play on the PK for you. You like that, 6'3", 212? Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. That's Scandella. Yeah. Give me, give me that. Yeah. So maybe... and. I'm not saying he's the guy, but I'm intrigued by the possibilities of a Marco, uh, a healthy Marco Scandella in a Blues uniform. Randy, at this point, we're we're intrigued by pretty much any any possibility. Yeah. I, we they lost five games before the All Star break. You don't really know where this team was head wise going into into the All Star break. You're you're one of your best players that has been here for the last. 10 years is, is no longer here. He's traded away. You have no clue as to what this team, how they're going to come out and respond. You know what you will know? You'll know in the first period. You'll know mm-hmm. by how they mm-hmm. attack the ice. They've had more time off after this All-Star break than, than most of the teams that they're going to be playing. You'll know in this first period tomorrow how they come out and who they are and what they decided. In that first period, you'll know what decision they mm-hmm. made over the All-Star break. Yeah, you, you will. Right. <laughs> you, no you'll doubt. have an idea. And I want to make one other point here. I don't, I don't know if Logan Brown can ever be healthy. I think that's the biggest issue with Logan Brown. Curb said this the other day. He'd like to see what Logan Brown can do. Because one thing we do know about Craig Berube, to have his highest level of success as a coach, he needs big fellas. Yeah. And he, doesn't, he does not have enough big fellas at the moment. And hopefully the Blues will, A, be able to utilize the big guys like they have, like Brown, uh uh, uh, other young players maybe get an opportunity. Blay being back, I think, benefits them. But if you're going to make deals, get more big fellas on this team. That is Kerry. I'm Randy, and that's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got an early edition of The Fight, and then Chip Carey, new Cardinals TV broadcaster, will join us at the bottom of the hour on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carriker. 
Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and we have an early addition to the fight. And our fighter today is Tyler. Tyler coming back for his second attempt at another win. Tyler, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you guys? Doing wonderful. How, how did yesterday go after your 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 big 3-2 victory over Randy? <laughs> Not too bad. Had a good day. That's good to know. All right, you ready for another chance? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Kevin Durant is the third highest scoring player to ever be traded midseason. Which high scoring guard was traded in the mid two, mid-2000s while averaging 31 points per game? Is it Allen Iverson, Chauncey Billups, or Shaquille O'Neal? Allen Iverson. Who won the inaugural edition of the NBA dunk contest held in 1984? Was that Daryl Dawkins, Julius Irving, or Larry Nance? Uh, I'm going to go Larry Nance. Other than Vladimir Tarasenko, who is the only other player drafted after 2000 to finish his career top 10 in Blues history in goals, assists, and points? Alexander Steen, David Perron, or David Backus? What was that again? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Other than Vladimir Tarasenko, who is the only player drafted after 2000 to finish his career top 10 in Blues history in goals, assists, and points? Is it Alexander Steen, David Perron, or David Backus? Uh, I have to go, I guess, Backus. I, I don't know. All right. And Joe Klecko, newly elected member to the NFL Hall of Fame, was a member of which cleverly named group of pass rushers? Was it the Green Crush, the Green Machine, or the New York Sack Exchange? The New York Sack Exchange. All right. We'll double check our score and bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Tyler. How you feeling? Uh, pretty good, except for the uh, the hockey one. Well, I will tell you that this is being an early addition to the fight. I think you have an opportunity because Randy may be off his game. See, we're we're conditioned to uh to to understand how the day goes each day, and and by it being eight fifteen as opposed to eight thirty, <laughs> you might ha- you might have a chance. <laughs> cool. And Randy Randy stares me down with the <laughs> the death stare and says, "No way." How dare you? <laughs> Randy, say hello to Tyler. Tyler, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. I told him you may be off your game since it's 8.15 instead of 8.30. I know. I'm a mess. I'm just an emotional (laughs) wreck right now. There's no doubt about it. All right. You ready? Ready. You always are ready. Here we go. Kevin Durant is the third highest scoring player to ever be traded midseason. Which high scoring guard was traded mid-2000s while averaging 31 points per game? So mid two thousands, like between two thousand two thousand ten, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yes, sir. So averaging thirty one points a game, two thousand four, five, six, a guard. Guys, I think I'm gonna go. I'm. I think I'm gonna go with Allen Iverson getting traded to the Nuggets. Um, kind of a little nebulous thing here but um yeah I'll, I'll roll the dice on Allen Iverson all right Randy who won the inaugural edition of the NBA dunk contest at the all-star game held in 1984 1984 it would seem logical that Michael Jordan would have won said inaugural dunk competition in 1984 but Dominique Wilkins was in the league See, it's got to be one of those two. I will go with Jordan with the iconic Jumpman dunk. 
Other than Vladimir Tarasenko, who is the only player drafted after 2000 to finish his career top 10 in Blues history in goals, assists, and points? Hmm. Drafted by the Blues? Uh, not necessarily. And he's top 10. Okay. In Blues uh, again, history. Uh, 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 give me the lifeline. That's crazy. <laughs> A stupid question. But <laughs> Alexander Steen, David Perron, or David Backus? Hmm. I don't think it's David Backus. So I will go with Steener or Perron. And I think because Steen was here for the duration, basically 08 to 19, and David Perron spent those times away. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, with Alexander Steen, who was drafted by the Maple Leafs, obviously. Joe Klecko, newly inaugurated or newly voted in member, I should say, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was a member of which cleverly named group of pass rushers? So you had Klecko, you had the guy that everybody forgets is Abdul Salam, right? You had Marty Lyons, and you had Mark Gastineau, and you had the New York Sack Exchange. In fairness, everyone forgets Salam because he left before the other three yeah. were done doing their thing. Yeah. That's, that's I think that's the only reason why. Yeah, I thought it was going to be what player drafted in, between 1974 <laughs> and 1976 was a member oh. of the, the the group of defensive linemen that the, the Jets had during that time. But it wasn't obviously that that wasn't the question. I maintain that my third question about the Blues is a good one. Uh, we have a tie in this edition of the fight, which means we go to a tiebreaker. Both uh, contestants today got three correct, so we're going to go to our tiebreaker. I will read the question. We'll give Randy a moment to write down his answer. We will then get Tyler's answer audibly, and then Carrie Davis will make sure that I tell you what Randy Carricker's answer is before we announce the winner of this little thing we call the fight. Tyler, do you understand those rules? Yes, sir. Randy, do you understand the rules? Uh, I, do, okay. I guess so. Let's just make sure. I don't know. Everything's kind of complicated these days. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the Golden Duo, Bobby and Brett Hall, mm-hmm. moved on in our bracket yesterday. They're now in the quarterfinals. Across their 35 combined NHL seasons, how many times did Bobby and Brett Hall lead the NHL in goals scored in a season? Across their 35 total NFL NHL seasons, how many times did Bobby and Brett Hall lead the NHL in goals scored in a season? Just one moment, Tyler. Think about it. We're going to get Randy Carricker's guess here. Hmm. And Randy Carricker has given us his guess. Tyler, what is your guess today, sir? Uh, I have no clue. Um, combined leading goal scorer, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to go, let's go 10. Randy Carricker, what was your guess, sir? Five. Randy Carricker's guess was five. We do not need another tiebreaker. We have a winner of the fight today. Does Tyler move on to another potential Hall of Fame winner on Monday? And that means I have to stew over the weekend. Or does Randy Carricker get to go into a Super Bowl weekend already holding a trophy aloft? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. The fight is driven by Mobile On The Run. Join the On The Run STL Wash Club for a limited time offer of $5 a month. Download the app today. 
Congratulations, Tyler. You got you three right again, and with a tiebreaker win, that means you are going on to your third round here in the fight. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Let's go through those answers. Again, they both got three correct. Kevin Durant, the high, third highest scored player ever to be traded midseason. It goes Wilt Chamberlain. Then number two, Allen Iverson traded in 2005-2006 to the Denver Nuggets from the Philadelphia 76ers, averaging 31 points per game. The winner of the inaugural edition of the NBA dunk contest was actually Larry Nance Ooh. over Julius Irving. Irving, of course, the, the winner of the ABA dunk ABA. contest a, co- a couple times. For, for Michael? Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, he did, yeah. when he did the famous one. Yeah. Um, other than Vladimir Tarasenko, Alexander Steen is the only post- Post 2000s NHL player to be top 10 in Blues uh, history for goals, assists, and points. And Joe Klecko was, in fact, a member of the New York Sack Exchange. The difference maker, though, our tiebreaker, the Golden Duo, Bobby and Brett Hall, across 35 combined NHL seasons. They led the NHL in goals scored in a season 10 different times. Tyler hit it right on the nose. So, again, a 3 3 tie and a tiebreaker win for Tyler. We will talk to you on Monday, sir. Thank you so much for joining the fight. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Good job, Tyler. Tyler. Good job, Tyler. <laughs> Can anyone, you all can't hear the, the fumes, the, the steam coming out of Randy's ears and his nose. He's almost breathing fire over here. He's, he's, I just want this to be reasonable. <laughs> and I, I, there's a lot of gotchas here, which is great. Uh, oh, but man. it's, uh, I, well, I, again, I, what, what I say, my general rule of thumb is here if you are, participating in a trivia night, would you say that that is a good trivia question? I think there's a lot of nebulous questions that are being thrown out here uh, that aren't real <laughs> trivia as much as they are. What is it? Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So that's fine. That's, but that, well, that's the way Matthew wants to do it. That's fine. <laughs> in fairness, well, I did. I did. That's what I tried to. I was trying to show you that. On one, you had. I, I did it on purpose. Listen, answer. Listen, if you listen to way the question is phrased, that might help you get the answer yeah, a little bit because more. One was I, I which high-scoring guard? Yes, and so I, and so. Listen, it, everyone it says it I made it easier. too easy for Randy and too hard for the listener. And as soon as we get some other wins, then I, I get accused of making it too easy for the listeners. Randy, so, Randy, no, you don't. You just get uh, or berated by <laughs> Mr. Character. I thought. <laughs> I was looking for a Vladimir Tarasenko-related question for a while, and, and, and that's the one I came up with. I thought it was a solid one. He's over here stewing. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. It's fine. Uh, long as he doesn't win yeah. on Monday. Let's see how that <laughs> no, goes. You know, we can change this. You know, I can start doing the questions, and Matthew can start answering. You know, it's, it's not hard. We, 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 this can change oh, in a big hurry. <laughs> that would be good, clean fun. Yeah. We have a good time doing that. The new TV voice of the Cardinals, Chip Carey, next time. 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here's the pitch. Line joint out is in the left field. Hit number 3,000. A run is scored. Filthy in the run first. On his way to second with a double. The first fan since Paul Weiner in 1942. Sam Newfield has just gotten his 3,000th hit. We have such a great history of broadcasting names in St. Louis. John Kelly is the voice of the blues. His brother Dan did the blues. His dad, Dan, did the blues. Of course, Jack Buck and Joe Buck and Julie Buck is still broadcasting here in St. Louis. And that was the voice of Harry Carey and his son, Skip Carey, broadcast here in St. Louis. And Harry's grandson, Skip's son, 
Chip Carey is the new TV voice of the Cardinals. I'm Dally Sports and is with us in studio here on 101 ESPN. Chip, it is great to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Good to have you uh, back home in St. Louis. <laughs> it's great to be here, Randy, and there will be a test on the family lineage after the show. Okay, Make sure we get all the names right. It's kind of confusing even for us. And by the way, you told me during the break, you've got twin daughters that are continuing the tradition, Twin right? sons, yeah. Twin yeah. sons, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have an older yeah. daughter and twin daughter, sons. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. And one of them is Harry Carey IV, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're great kids. Stefan and Chris Carey, they're the voices of the uh, beloved Amarillo Sod Poodles of the uh, AA Texas League. That's an Arizona affiliate. They're doing their second season this year. They're really, really good. And I'm just hoping to stick around long enough to maybe get them up to the show someday. Amazing. That's pretty awesome. When you hear your, your grandfather in that introduction when we came back, does that still, I mean, for us, you know, knowing his legacy and his history, how does that make you feel knowing that you are, you know, here now doing what he's done? It's really terrifying to see your future. Um, oh, it's great. Look, I, people who know our family history, Carrie, knew that I didn't know Harry very well. Mm. Uh, my grandparents were divorced. My parents were divorced. And I didn't really get to know him until I was an adult and in the business myself once that happened. It was great. We were supposed to work together in Mm. Chicago. He passed away uh, around this time in 1998. And so he and I didn't get a chance to reconnect and and fill in those family gaps that were missing. Harry grew up an orphan here in St. Louis, uh, penniless, didn't go to college, just made his way through hard work and grit and determination and ended up being a beloved figure in the Cardinals organization. But to your point, yeah, those those things are great. Those memories are awesome because those of us who grew up in St. Louis love the team, Mm -hmm. understand what Cardinal culture is about, and hearing him have such joy and excitement – Heck, if you're not excited behind the mic, the fans can't be, and he was certainly mm-hmm. great at providing that. And you've done a great job with multiple teams. You were with the Cubs. You were with the Braves. Who was your first team in majors? Uh, my first team was the Braves in Braves. 1991. Okay. I did uh, two years. I'd like to say I got their 14-division <laughs> championship when I started. I uh, was there for a couple years. Then I went to Seattle and got to work with okay. Luke Pinnell and Dave Niehaus, the Hall of Fame voice of the Mariners, for three years. Uh, did some national stuff with Fox and then uh, was hired to work with my grandfather in Chicago. He passed away. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, in a blink of an eye, I had to sit in his chair behind his mic mm-hmm. with his partner, his team, a team that in 98 went on and won the wild card, was with the Cubs for seven years and then left Chicago to go to Atlanta and be with my dad. And the, the reason that I, I bring this up is because when we're around a team, we develop a an emotional bond, right, mm-hmm. w- with the franchise. But you also grew up as a Cardinal fan. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to believe that of all of the the starts of broadcasting stints that you've had, this one's probably different. It is. Uh, when I was with the Cubs, one of my dearest friends was Ron Santo. We tormented that poor man to death. And he loved every minute of it. And he would give me grief all the time. He'd point to his shirt and say, blue, not red, blue, not red, because he knew I was from St. Louis and how much affinity I had for the franchise. But to your point, Randy, yes. Um, one of my favorite moments as a broadcaster, as a visiting broadcaster, was the night that Mark McGuire uh, broke Roger Maris's record. Jack Buck and Joe Buck were in the Cardinals booth on Camel X, and we were doing the game on WGN. McGuire hits the home run. Jack makes his call. Please let me stand and applaud. And as he's applauding, tears are streaming down his face. I still get goosebumps thinking about that. Here's a man who's done everything you can do in the business, but he's a part of this moment that's going to live forever, not just in Cardinal history, but baseball history. He knew Roger Maris. He knew what that meant to the game, and he was still passionate and excited about it. And if you can't respond to that, or get that as a Cardinal fan, or heck, even a Cub fan at the time, man, you're, you're really missing out. By the way, 
and this is just a, a fun thing that I do because we're in St. Louis and we're Cardinal fans, but you you opened the door. I'm an attorney. You opened the door. The Brant Brown drop is one of the all-time great oh. Ron Santo calls yeah. ever, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, I screwed up the call. I'm watching the ball, and I, I, I see two guys score, and I said, two-run score, Steve Stone. Said, no, three score. The game's over. And I'm, I was in shock just like everybody else, right? But, but to your point... Um, there are many different ways to broadcast a game, right? Mm-hmm. We are conduits to the fans. And I think people forget sometimes we're fans too. And we get excited. We goof up. We have fun. We get morose and sad, just like the manager, the players, and the staff. Do. Unfortunately, we have no control over it. But to your point about Ronnie, that's what made him so special yeah. to Cubs fans. Right. He lived and died with everything that happened, and so much so that we said, Ronnie, you know you're still not playing. He thought he was a coach and still in the lineup. It drove him that crazy. He was banging tables. His toupee was flopping around. It was awful. It was really hard. Hey Chip, you, you spent nearly 20 years in Atlanta, and, and obviously the opportunity to come home to St. Louis was a great opportunity, a, a big opportunity, but I'm sure there were relationships and feelings that you had leaving Atlanta. Can you talk a little bit about how tough that experience or, or that transition has been? Really hard. Um, you know, I, I look at my um, teammates uh, in the truck, in the booth, um, stage managers, partners, yeah. they're not coworkers, they're family. Right. And I worked really hard to help build that kind of relationship with the people I worked with. Uh, I did not take turning my back on 46 years of my family's history in one place lightly. Um, I made it very clear to the Braves, I would love to stay and I'd love to retire here. It just wasn't meant to be. And I made the choice that if that wasn't going to happen, if something else came about, there was only one place that I would ever have considered leaving Atlanta for, and this was it. I'm overjoyed and thrilled with the way um, this opportunity has presented itself for me. I'm also very sad at how this opportunity Mm -hmm. presented itself because, Mm -hmm. look, the elephant in the room is, and no secret, I'm a huge Dan McLaughlin friend. He's like a brother to me, and I feel awful for what he and his family have gone through, but I know he's in a better place. He's going to be in a better place. And our industry, this town, this team, uh, needs more people like Dan McLaughlin and Mm -hmm. anything I can do to help him do that. I am all in. The new TV voice of the Cardinals is Chip Carey here on 101 ESPN with... So we've got Kerry and Kerry. This is easy for me. Don't get confused. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite players of all time to be around is Brian Jordan, mm-hmm. who you had a chance to work with in Atlanta. And every time, just because we can, every time the Cardinals are playing the Braves, we get BJ on. But that's another guy that you, if you know BJ, you love him, right? Oh, yeah. He's got to be a tough one to leave, too. Awesome. Yeah, great guy. Uh, what I love about working with Brian is what he lacked as a professional broadcaster. He more than made up in experience and honesty. He was not afraid to say what he thought, and that ruffled some feathers from time to time, but you've seen Brian Jordan, who's going to argue with him, right? He'll pinch your head off just by looking at you, but great human being, does so much in the Atlanta area with literacy, uh, with with kids in school. Um, He's just one of the really, really good people that you have to sort of shake your head and mutter, darn, I'm going to really miss seeing him yeah. 81 times a year, no yeah. doubt. Brian Jordan was one of my favorite players growing up. Obviously, the football background, right. and, and you, as you said, when you come in the room, you know you know who you're talking to. When you're when you're doing your job, do you become a fan of certain players, and, and when they're having their ups and downs, you kind of ride the wave with them just a little bit? Absolutely. I think as a human being, you have to. I, look, we want the team 
to do well every night. Mm-hmm. It makes our job, as you guys know, a thousand times easier mm-hmm. when they win every game, right? right? There's never a problem. It's when you lose seven in a row and you try to figure out what's going on without burying a guy. But if a guy's two for 41, you can't say, right. he's, boy, he's really swinging it well, yeah. right? Fans are too smart and too knowledgeable for that. Uh, I've made a ton of great friendships that way. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, Chipper Jones, mm-hmm. Maddox Smoltz-Glavin, all of them great guys because I think they respect the fact that I know how hard it is for them to do what they do. Why? Because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And you'll never hear me say, what an easy play, or that's an easy play. A big leaguer should make that play. And that's just not my style because I can't do it. So, right. And I think mm-hmm. that the guys like that came to respect that. Boy, Maddox, Moltz, Glavin, when, whenever the that team would come into town, they'd be on the nicest golf courses in town. And right. Hit, what, a, what a group to have been around for the length of time that you were. And that was all started by Bobby Cox. When I came to Atlanta from Chicago again, um, Two guys greeted me in the locker room at Disney World for spring training. Eddie Perez, welcome back. And then Bobby Cox right behind him said, Chip, welcome back to the Braves. And when you get that kind of endorsement from Mm -hmm. people like Mm -hmm. those two guys, uh, that means the world to you. Uh, When the Braves lost in 05 to the Astros in that 16-inning or 17-inning marathon game, we get on the plane and Bobby Cox, everybody disappointed the season ended in a blink of an eye. Bobby Cox gets up from his first-class seat, walks down the plane, stops at every aisle, and shakes the hand of every single person on that plane. Thank you. You're a big part of what we did this year. Didn't have, didn't end the way we want to, but can't wait to get started next year. First class, he set the tone, and the players followed that lead and trusted us. They welcomed us with open arms. We knew we weren't on their team, but we were a part of their team. Hey, Chip, have you had a chance to start digging into this Cardinals roster and, and started to looking at uh, what you expect for this season or, or, or your thoughts on, on how this season will go? A little bit. It's been kind of a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> I, my studying is going to really pick up next week when I get home after after this weekend. But, yeah, look, it's a good team, mm-hmm. really good team. And for a new broadcaster, there's no better way to come into a new market. When you have a club that's going to be good, people are going to watch, they're going to be excited. That's what happened in 98 with me in, in Chicago with the Cubs when they – won the wild card. But look, this is a young team, very similar to the Braves in this regard. They have lots of young players. They teach them how to play. They get them to the big leagues, and they trust them with the opportunities they get. They don't hand them the job. They have to earn it, but they give them a chance to be successful. You've got two future Hall of Famers at the infield corners, new guy behind the plate who's really going to rake, uh, all those terrific young outfielders. And look, everybody's excited to see what Adam Wainwright's got in store in his mm-hmm. final season. So Looks to be a great year. Can't wait to get started. Chip Carey is with us. Uh, coming up, he's got a great Stanley Cup story, and I want to I want you to elaborate a little bit on that that Cardinals Braves comp because I've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. So we'll do that coming up next on the opening drive. Carey, Randy, Chip Carey on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. New Cardinal TV voice Chip Carey is with us, and uh, you know Sports Talk Radio. You've just been roped into a whole season of joining this show. You know that, right? If there's coffee, I'm happy to join. No problem. We, we got plenty of that. Yeah, perfect. So one thing about growing up in St. Louis, you were a Parkway West Longhorn. I'm a Parkway North Viking. We weren't really rivals. No. We were just kind of, it was like a benign, oh, they're Parkway, we're Parkway, but we're right. buddies, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. But one thing about growing up in St. Louis is you're a fan of your teams. We already talked about the Cardinals. I want you to tell us about the summer that the Blues won the stand. Oh, yeah. This is a great one. Um, Huge blue. 
Blues fan, look, Atlanta's still bitter. They lost the Flames and the Thrashers. There's still a lot of hockey fans mm-hmm. there. They'll never forgive Gary Bettman for that. Uh, most of all, Tom Glavin, who was my broadcast partner. Tom grew up in Billerica, Massachusetts. There is no bigger Boston Bruins fan than mm-hmm. he. So the night of the last game that the Blues and Bruins played to win the Stanley Cup, Tom shows up in his Boston Bruins sweater. I show up in my Blues sweater, and we're getting ready to do the pregame uh, hit, and I had a great idea. Let's start talking about the baseball game with Jeff Francoeur in the middle. Jeff, who should be working at Foot Locker, had his uh, black and white referee shirt on, and we were going to talk about the Braves playing the Phillies or whoever it was and start the game, and Tom was going to make some kind of off-color reference to the Blues, and I was going to say, you want to go? And drop the mic, and Jeff Franco was going to get up and separate us and say, we're going to send these guys off for two minutes and come back with the game. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do it, but I've got a great picture at home with Tom, who's just one of my dearest friends and a really terrific broadcaster, obviously a great player, too. He was drafted by the L.A. Kings in the second round. He was going to play hockey. He chose right. He was going to be a, a, a hockey player with Luke Robitaille, but he mm-hmm. ended up going to the Hall of Fame as a, a Brave. So you remember Ron Caron? Sure. He gets trade taken by the Kings. Ron Caron calls Dal Maxville. says, ah, you need to take this Glavin from, out of Boston. You need to take him. He's going to be good because Caron wanted him. And so, and, and Maxie didn't wind up taking Tom Glavin, but Karan knew how good he was as a baseball prospect and thought, well, if, if we can't have him in St. Louis on the hockey team, let's have him in St. Louis on the baseball he's, team. Yeah, and he's just a fabulous, fabulous athlete and a great guy. Wonderful yeah. husband, father. Uh, he, to tell you about Tom Glavin, he lost, his, um, he lost his dad two years ago, and he took a year off from broadcasting because he wanted to be with his mom. His mom is in her late 80s or 90s. And she didn't want to leave Billerica, Mass. She was still in the same house that he grew up in. Mm. He spent the summer with her, spending time with her. She passed away, mm. and now he's going to come back and work. But that's Tom Glavin. He doesn't need the money. Mm-hmm. He wants to do the right thing by everybody, and uh, uh, I'm really, really lucky to call him. That's great. Chip, you've been play, doing play-by-play for baseball for over 30 years, but you started doing basketball with the Orlando Magic. Tell us how you got involved in that and, and how that that went for you. Well, if you've heard the Bob Costa story, it's <laughs> kind of similar. Bob, when he uh, was at Syracuse, uh, contacted Rudy Martzke, who at the time was the PR guy for the Old Spirits of St. Louis, and said, hey, I'd like to do your basketball games. He said, have you done a lot of basketball? Oh, I've done a ton. Sent him some tapes that he made up and got the job. Well, kind of the same thing with me. I was doing TV news in Greensboro, North Carolina. Bob Neal, who did basketball games for TNT, ran into Pat Williams, who was the man trying to bring the Orlando Magic to town. Pat had been a GM in many other places in the NBA. And Bob said, hey, I hear you're looking for an announcer, and I've got I've got the guy for you. And Pat said, who? He said, Chip Carey. He said, I've already worked with Skip. He's, he, said, <laughs> he said, no, it's Chip. And Pat said, oh, God, there's another one. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. So... He invited me down for what was then called the Orlando All-Star Classic. It was the pre-draft camp where they bring all the kids from the colleges that were going to be first and second round or third round draft picks, put them on teams, and they play games in front of the scouts. I got to work with Bucky Waters, mm-hmm. who at that mm-hmm. time was the Billy Packer and Dick Vitale of, sure. of uh, College Hoops. Did the eight games. Uh Finished up. It was two days, and I looked at Bucky Waters, and I said, hey, that was fun. Thank you so much. Shook his hand. He said, hey, that was really fantastic. I enjoyed it. How many basketball games have you done? I looked at him with kind of a a sheepish Skip Carey look and said, well, these are the first eight I've really done. (laughs) And he looked to me like I had two heads, which is kind of how my wife looks at me. And I I started laughing, and he started laughing. I said, do you think I passed the audition? He said, I think you'll be okay. And Pat Williams hired me. And thank God there wasn't Twitter or Facebook or Instagram because I didn't know 
anything about basketball. I faked my way through it for the first week or so until I figured it out. The Magic that year won 15 games. I was worse than the team. <laughs> but we made it through. My partner was Jack Goose Givens. Uh-huh. And uh, we learned a lot, had a lot of laughs, and ultimately got Shaq, Penny, yeah. Horace Grant, um, Nick Anderson, who's mm-hmm. from Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. Um, and had a, had a great seven-year run there. That's great. Hey, uh, Chip, because of your recent history with the Braves, I've made a comp between the Cardinals and all of their young players and the Braves who have tied their guys down. And I said uh, the Cardinals should take a similar approach. I want to get your take on the Braves doing that and whether or not it you think it's a sensible move for a franchise like the Cardinals with people like Walker and Carlson and obviously Tommy Edmond is here and whether it's Gorman or... Donovan, so many of the, their young players. What do you think of the approach that Atlanta took? Uh, yeah, I, well, I have a simple rule. I don't tell the GM how to put together his team, and he doesn't tell me how to do the game. Right? I, think that's a great, I think that's a great way to do it, right? But I will say this about what the Braves have done, and I think the Cardinals are the same way in this regard. The Braves know what their players are and, more importantly, what they're not. Right. Mm -hmm. And Alex Anthopoulos has been given the green light to provide cost certainty for the franchise because the Braves don't draw 3.5 million people like the Cardinals do. They don't have the TV ratings that the Cardinals do. They have a great, passionate, fantastic fan base, but it's a different market in a different circumstance. They believe that it's important to know where they can spend their dollars. So if they can and need to go out and get Charlie Morton or Justin Verlander, they have the dollars available to do that. I think what is going to prove prescient about that is the explosion in player salaries that we've seen with the new labor deal. I don't think anybody expected Dansby Swanson to get what he got with the Cubs. Terrific player, but that was out of Atlanta's price range, and they are going to stay within what they believe their market value of their players is going to be. The reason they do that, Alex knows his players. Dana Brown, who's now the new GM of the Astros, drafted and developed these guys. And they know the character of those guys and the upside and the talent of those guys. And they're willing to take a shorter-term risk instead of being surprised at the end of a deal and having to overpay for a guy just because they have to mm-hmm. keep him. Hey, Chip, there's a lot of new rules going into to baseball this season. What are your thoughts on the, the pitch timer and the, the, ban, the, the banning of the shift and all of those things? What are your thoughts about that? As you know, in the broadcasting business, there's no clock in baseball. <laughs> but four-hour games really wear on you when you do 160 of them. Uh, I'm excited to see how that is going to go. It's going to radically change the way the games are broadcast because mm. the story time telling, mm. the promos, and all yeah. the things that are so much a part of how we broadcast broadcast the sport. That's going to change because it's going to be a rapid fire pace. My kids at Double A said the pitch clock is awesome. You'll love it. Not because it's um, stupid fast, but there's a real good clip to the game. Right. Nobody cares about the time. It's the dead action. It's a rhythm, right? Yeah. Right. Where there's yeah. no rhythm. You're just standing there. Let's go. Let's get on with it. So they love that. Uh, I grew up watching Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and Ozzie mm-hmm. Smith. I love yep. base stealing. I love yes. the, the cat and mouse game between the pitcher, catcher, and base runner and how the hitter adjusts. I love hit and run plays. I love little baseball, mm-hmm. not just the home runs. Uh, I'm excited to see that with the with smaller bases, more base stealing opportunities. I think that's going to be great. Um, the shift... Um, I have mixed emotions about that because I think what we're doing is we're dumbing down the game. Why can't a hitter hit the ball the other way? I have said that many times. Yes, it's extremely hard, but it's the major leagues. It's supposed to be, right? So we're taking away that from the game. Guys are still going to hit home runs. But, um, you know, I, I think put your defense how you want to put your defense, and it's up to the hitter at the plate to make the decision and the adjustment, and all too often it doesn't happen. So, look, baseball's trying to adjust to the times, mm-hmm. trying to adjust to a new uh, audience, and the great thing is if the rules don't work, they can always change them back. Uh, Chip, as you leave the parking lot here at City Place, if you turn to the right, 
a, a mile down the road, there's an Emos. If you turn to the left, a half mile down the road, there's an Emos. You got a pasta house right across the street. I mean, you, you are home, baby. Welcome home, Randy. I, you, you, you saw me when I walked in. I'm pyramid shaped. I got to get away from the carbs, man. But yeah, it's, it's great to be home. Yeah, it's great to have you with Thanks us. So Thanks much. so much. And uh, I'm sure as the season unfolds, we'll, we'll talk. But we're we're thrilled that you're going to be part of the. Not, you're not just the voice of the Cardinals. You, you are part of the St. Louis community now well, again. Appreciate. And it's, it's great to have you here. It's a civic trust, and I get that. And uh, I promise I'll join you anytime you want, as long as you don't duel me in trivia, because I stink. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I do too. Chip. No, come on, Chip, I've never, never started. No, I've never heard you we, lose. It's unbelievable. Got, oh, he lost today, and it was oh, bad. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one time, one time. Pleasure, guys. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for the welcome. Time. Appreciate Thank it. You. That's the new TV voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports, Chip Carey, joining us, and uh, it's great to have him back in St. Louis. Coming up on the opening drive, we're going to talk to Blues forward Robert Thomas. Stick around. He's next. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas scores! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! It's time now for Blues forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by pure performance. The only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. St. Louis Blues back in action tomorrow night. The Arizona Coyotes are in town. We have the pregame for you at 6 and the action at 7. Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale with the call. Alex Ferrario and Joey will have the pregame at 6. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and the Blues Center. Robert Thomas joins us here on the opening drive. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. How are you? Good. What did you do during your break? Uh, yeah, I had... I had a couple of days down south, so uh, that was pretty exciting, and got some sunshine and some nice re- relaxation. So, uh, pretty happy with it. You got on a beach somewhere that down south? I, I, I'm sure you got some some good time out there, and it's fun in sun, fun in the sun. Oh yeah, lots of time <laughs> on the beach, and uh, yeah, it was good, really good time. Were you with Kachuk? Uh, I did see him for a couple of days, yeah, after the All Star game. So uh, that was pretty nice. Good. Hey, how weird was it to be in the facility yesterday when the trade went down? Yeah, uh, obviously it's uh, yeah a little bit weird seeing seeing that whole thing happen and um, yeah, especially when you're kind of standing right beside him and then he disappears for five minutes and comes back and uh, but it's part of the game and you know it's happened before and uh, I'm sure it'll happen again. So uh, it's something you kind of get used to a little bit. Hey Robert, this break was uh was uh seemed like it was a much needed break for you all. You got the All Star break and then you got a an extended break after the All Star break. What is your uh what is you all's focus going into to tomorrow night's game? Yeah, I mean we got we got a nice stretch of games here that um you know can really determine the rest of our season. So I think that's our, our main focus and yeah, everyone's rested, rejuvenated and really excited to get back out there tomorrow. Yeah, and as players, the reason that you are here and the reason that you are 
playing at the level that you're at is because inherently you're all really competitive people. And we sit here and we say, okay, the Blues are going to make this move and this move and this move and not going to make the playoffs. But I'm sure that you're looking at tomorrow night's game and you're not looking at the game beyond tomorrow against Arizona and you're saying, okay, we just have to go in and play three periods and win the win the game. But how difficult is it with all of the stuff surrounding the team to just go in and concentrate on a game? Yeah, uh, I think I think really it's up to us, us players. So, um, I mean that that's what that's what we've been thinking about for the last little while, and that's still our focus. And um, yeah, it starts with Saturday, and um, you know you kind of move from there, and we we control our own destiny here. So, um, I think I think everyone knows that, and you know we we've been a competitive team for a long time. So the the competitiveness is there, and the care, and um, you know I think we're we're going to show that coming out of the break here. Hey Robert, with the with Tarasenko being moved, do you and 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 um, Kairu feel a little bit more added pressure uh, now, knowing that one of your goal scorers is no longer there? Yeah, I mean we we put that pressure on ourselves for 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 the last little while, and um, you know it's something you know it comes with the territory, and um, you know we welcome it and. You know, we got to step. Robert Thomas, Blue Center, with us on 101 ESPN. Did you do any reflection during the course of the week about your own personal game? And if so, what would you like to change or improve upon in these last 31? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I did a lot, um, you know, throughout the break. And, um, you know, you look at video, you look at different things to, to try and change it up for, for the second half. And, um, yeah, I think consistency is the biggest thing for me. I think, um you know, the way I want to play, you know, I showed it throughout periodically throughout the first half, but it's about being consistent. And uh, that's the thing I've worked on or, you know, been focusing on the most. So um, that's what that's what I'm going to try and work on for the last 31. And, you know, what's interesting, Robert, is as a broadcaster, as a young broadcaster, I would have a really good show and then I would have a not really good show. And I discovered at one point, you know what, this is all about my mental preparation. It has nothing to do with my execution physically or the, the, the way I feel. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? Mentally preparing for each and every game. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's hard. Uh, I mean, you're playing every other night, sometimes back to back, you're traveling. It's, it's exhausting. And, um, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I've really focused on lately. Hey, Robert, the, you all play tomorrow night, but you got a couple of days off after that. Who's having the Super Bowl party, and, and who do you pick to win? Yeah, I'm actually throwing the Super Bowl hey, party. Hey, so, yeah, so, yeah. so the opening drive got invites, right? We're, we're invited? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, you know what? i got to pick the Chiefs. I'd really like to see the Chiefs win, and I'm um, home to break the, the MVP curse. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles because I, I think – that uh, I just think the Eagles are the better team. I think they got the better defense, and and I, I like Jalen Hurts and what they do offensively. Yeah, so, yeah, it's gonna be I wouldn't mind game. that. I got I got them in a pool, but uh, you know, <laughs> I like I like the Chiefs. Hey, when uh, and obviously some of your guys have gone to the the playoff games over the years, but when you guys were playing in the Stanley Cup run in 2019, and Mahomes and Kelsey came into town. A, did they come down to visit with you guys? And B, did you guys, you're focused on a game. Did you guys even notice that they were there in the building? Yeah, I think we, we saw it during uh, one of the TV timeouts. They threw them up on the board. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, we've obviously gone to a couple of their playoff games because uh, they kind of a break. But uh, it's always cool to see, see guys support each other. And 
um, yeah, it was pretty pretty awesome to see them in the building. Aside from hockey, what's your favorite sport? Uh, playing wise or watching? Watching. Watching. Um, I'd have to say football. Uh, I was a big wasn't wasn't a big football guy growing up. We don't really watch it too much in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I got down here, got into fantasy and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I'm watching every single game. So. Uh, that's my sport for now. That'll be that, that'll be fun. Hey, one other thing from me, Robert. Coming up later in the show, we've got our Super Bowl food party draft. Okay, so you, you can draft any food. I'm giving you the first pick for any food in the Super Bowl party. What are you taking first? Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking about going off the board here, but I'm going to go with wings. That was the first thing I ordered for the party, so that's my that's, that's my guess. Strong move, Mr. Thomas. Now, Robert, you yeah. asked uh, to watch or to play. What other sports do you play other than hockey? What what sports are you are you intrigued in in being a part of? Yeah, growing up, I, I played a bunch of sports. Um, you know, I think my my two that I, or three that I played mostly were uh, volleyball, um, baseball, and lacrosse. So those would be the three that you know I played the most growing up. What are you best at? My dad always said I was better at baseball than than anything else. So, I'd say that. <laughs> so, and then what about have you ever curled? <laughs> I actually have not officially curled, but um, you know, my dad used to build this great big backyard rink, um, which I grew grew up on. And uh, you know, now that me and my brother are kind of older and both out of the house, um, he decided. Well, he's also getting a little bit older, so. This is my joke on his, uh, you know, retirement thing. He decided to build a curling rink in the backyard. So, uh, and all the neighbors have a lot of fun back there. That's great. So, unofficially, you you uh, officially you haven't, but you're going to wind up curling. That's that's the bottom line here. In the backyard of the Thomas household in in uh, in Canada, you're going to be curling at some point. Ah, uh, some point, yeah. Not soon, because you're going to be playing, <laughs> but at, at some point. Hey, Robert, always good to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy tomorrow. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. That is Robert Thomas. His dad thought he was better at baseball. That's pretty. I, you know, if you talk to a lot of professional athletes, there is some other sport that they generally were were pretty good in as well. Um, for me, it was I, it was baseball as well. I wish I'd have kept playing baseball, because I think I would have been able to have a, a – a, a pretty good career, and as long as you can hit the ball. I, mm-hmm. I could feel pretty well. I was a catcher, too. We were talking to Chip about Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin, Glavin would have been a top-six forward in the NHL. He, wow. he was that good. Wow. So, And uh, another guy that the Blues had, Pierre Turgeon, you remember him. Yep. He was in the Little League World Series. He was the best player on his wow. team in the Little League World Series. Yeah, Doing a lot of things. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Uh, one thing that I can do very well, as you know, is eat. And so next up, we're going to have our Super Bowl party food draft. We're going to come up with a draft order during the break and have the draft next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning. It's 9.15. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And the 2023 official opening drive Super Bowl food draft is underway. The first pick in this draft belongs to Matthew Rocchio. Matthew (laughs) Rocchio 
is on the clock. And the pick is in. This was an easy one. I ran up to the podium as soon as the name was called. If it's good enough for Robert Thomas, it's good enough for me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's easy. Buffalo Wings, number one with an absolute bullet. The most classical Super Bowl food, number one overall, baby. I do have a question. Yes. Is is wings all-encompassing, or are we saying buffalo wings meaning I can do lemon pepper wings? No, I think wings are wings. Wings are okay, wings. Just, yeah. yeah, I'm just Fair enough. Can I just want to know. Can you take the bones out of them? Is, is that a, is, that's is not it, a wing. Exactly. That's, that's, that's not a wing. That's something. Okay. I just want to make sure some, we, we knew that. Yeah, right. a different make sure person. We knew that. The one differentiator <laughs> we have in a food group is chips and different dips. Okay. Okay, so that's the, the one differentiator. Uh, with the second pick in the 2023 opening drive Super Bowl food draft. Randy Carricker has selected. Uh, Carricker selects pizza yeah. with the second pick in the draft. Nat- pizza yep. is off the board. It's a natural number cool two. With that. It's a natural number two. Nicely done, Randy. All right, Carricker. back-to-back choices for CD. I'm ready. I'm gonna go with. And this is a good one. You fellas are going to be upset about this. Alrighty. Sliders. Yes, that's nice. a great one. Sliders, not a not a complete burger, but just small enough mm-hmm. where it doesn't make a mess. You can eat multiple and not feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You say three? My, three? Board, my board's going chalk right yeah, now. He, he, I, I, I had wings, pizza, sliders, sliders one, two, three. Sliders is a great choice. Sliders is, is, is what yep. I'm going with. Carrie, you're a right-thinking man. Do you have your fourth pick ready? Uh, yes, I do. So this one may be a little bit out of the box. Maybe not. I'm going to go with Rotel. And so oh, Rotel is nice. for me yes. one of the ultimate dips you can have. Very simple, cheesy, either ground beef or sausage, whichever one you choose to put in there. That's my number two. Great call. In 1981, the St. Louis football <laughs> Cardinals took EJ Jr., linebacker from Alabama, with their first pick. When the second round came came along, Neil Lomax was on the board, and they said, we couldn't believe he was still on the board. <laughs> the character franchise can't believe this is still on the board in round two. With the fifth pick in the opening drive Super Bowl food draft, character selects nachos. 100%. Mm. Gosh, I knew it as soon as you started talking. Dang it. That's a solid... Man, it's, the, the top five is good. So now I'm sitting here just outside the top five, picking number six. And this is where it gets a little bit difficult. But I'm going to go with maybe not the biggest bang for your buck. This is quality. I'm getting a 20-year starter here. Yeah, sure, he might be an outside linebacker. He might be a guard. But he's a 20-year starter, ladies and gentlemen. The pick is in. There is no combination better in Super Bowl Sunday than Ruffles potato chips with ridges and... The, French onion dip. Strong. Very no strong. doubt the best combination. Ruffles with the ridges and some French onion dip to get some extra surface area for that beautiful, beautiful dip. Is that French is my first one pick. Is, is French onion one. dip fattening? I think it so. Ha- I, I mean, yeah, I, I would assume so. Thing. Randy, in my household, we used to have the little packets where you just where you can make your own French mm-hmm. onion dip, and that little packet has all these mm-hmm. seasonings. And all you need to do is put the seasonings in just a giant thing of sour cream. I feel like it's not healthy. If okay. those are the two ingredients, yeah, yeah, probably not. Probably not. The onions in there don't seem like they're the most nutritious <laughs> vegetables that you yeah. can eat. Now um, you have another choice too. Yeah, this is tough, but I'm going to go with a personal favorite. Listen, 
The pick is in. <laughs> this pick's kind of like a 6'3 cornerback. You just can't let it leave. You can't leave it on the board. Taking the athletic ability. You, you might need to be polished up a little bit. You might have to polish up, but you cannot leave. This kind of bacon brown sugar combination. Bacon wrapped little smokies oh, is yeah. my third round pick. Mmm. Okay. I like that. Uh let me write down little smokies. I think that's really a nice choice. Thank you, sir. Uh okay, guys. I um I have so many choices here. I've got pizza and nachos already. All right, boys, I have my selection, and I'm actually I'm going to deviate from, from what my board originally was oh. with this selection. All right, here we go. With the eighth selection in the opening drive Super Bowl food draft, Carica selects the party sub. Whoa, the party okay. sub. Yep, going with the sandwich. Going with the sandwich, and I'm happy about it. Alrighty. Party sub. Alrighty then. So for me, I, I, I this one came to me, and I'm I'm surprised that it's still on the board because you know, I am a, a a man that, you know, when you get your plate, you don't want to have a, a big plate. You get one of the smaller plates, but you can put multiple <laughs> things on said plate. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my pick is in. I'm gonna go with meatballs. Yes. CD. Great call, C D. Great you can keep call. going back for those. Yep. Sliders, yeah. meatball. You can keep going back. Yeah. Often. There's again something about and again having again. a portion yeah. of your plate where it's just you got the, you got the meatballs with the little sticks on, in them, yeah. so you can just sit there and pick them yes. off. It's so easy. It's very easy. And so I have another pick, and so I am mm. I'm I'm kind I'm a little bit I'm on the on the on the edge on this one, but I okay. think I, okay I'll go. He's, I'm in ready. The, he's in the aisles, back and forth, back yeah. to the table, back to the podium, back to the table. I'm ready. <laughs> For me, I always need something sweet, so I'm going to go with fudge brownies. CD! (laughs) CD! I can't believe you did that to me. (laughs) Wow. That is such... That was my wow. pick. That, you, now, <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm the Rams, and Marcus Trufant is off the board. And he's scrambling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, so I'm, <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. We're back here at Music City Hall, and I'll tell you this yeah. right now. The character group is looking befuddled at the desk. The phones I, are, are ringing. There seems to be a scramble, and I don't see a card right now. I thought this was a lock for me, an absolute lock. <laughs> All right, so but, but I have to. I've, I've got pizza. I've got nachos, which kind of takes care of my chip allotment. I've got my party sub. I have no choice but to make this selection. Guys, I'm headed to the best bakery in town, to Schnooks, to pick up the Super Bowl themed Schnooks chocolate chip cookie cake. Oh, that's a good one. There you go. Yeah. Cookie cake. Yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, I I I thought brownies and I love <laughs> I love the cookie cake. I'm extraordinarily happy with my selection of the cookie cake. I just didn't think the brownies would be off the board. So, uh, CD, that's a really thank very you, nice you, choice you. for you. All right, there is one pick left. It's the twelfth uh, selection 
in the opening drive Super Bowl food party draft. Listen, I'd love to get a sweet one in there. I like how you guys went with the, the dessert as your fourth pick, but when you have this kind of quality on the draft board, you draft best player available. I'm taking BPA. I don't care what the rest of my draft looks like. I might have a quarterback in the future. I might have a left tackle. This guy's too good. Pick us in. I'm using a different chip. I'm using a tortilla chip or a pita chip for this one. Buffalo chicken dip. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, not, not, that's a good pig rock. It is. Here's my thing. I love a sweet, but man, as soon as I dre- as soon as I eat like the first, like as soon as I go like the first helping of sweet, that's like putting a cap on how much I'm going to eat that day. <laughs> okay. Like I, I got like as soon as I eat that fudge brownie, it's it's done. Like, I'm not going in for more pizza after that. That's going to be too heavy. So I'm I'm just keep going to keep rolling with the savory and the salty until 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 I burst. Do you guys have uh, things on your board to sign some undrafted free agents? I do. Yes, we do. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. I, I, All right. CD, since you had the third pick, why don't you go first in the undrafted free agents here? I got garlic knots. Uh, that was another one. I, <laughs> yeah, I like garlic that a lot. Garlic knots is nice. Garlic okay, knots I, is nice. I, I have like an internal, like a fierce internal debate going on here. I, I should not be this invested and thinking, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but I'm going to go this way. I'm going with loaded tots. Oh, okay. Oh, Randy. Fine. You forced my hand. You gave you gave the free agent a hundred grand more. Fine, <laughs> fair enough. But my Ethan Westbrooks is still out there. Okay, it's St. Louis, baby. Where are my T Ravs? I know. That's Where's my toasted ravioli? Where's so, my T Ravs? Yeah, I, uh, I that was part of my internal debate, uh, and so was like one of the most basic things in the world: chips and salsa. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, uh, it's always going to be there. Okay, so we're going to put this up. You have to vote on it. So here's the way it breaks down, though. Matthew with the first selection uh, and with his roster. Here's the Matthew roster. It's wings. It's ruffles and French onion dip. It's bacon-wrapped little smokies. It's buffalo chicken dip and toasted revs. Uh, Randy's team is pizza, nachos, party sub. I'm going to be a big boy. Uh, A cookie cake and loaded tots. And CD has sliders, rotel, Meatballs, brownies, might be the steal of the draft, and garlic knots. <laughs> so an eclectic spread you got, Carrie, but I want to be there for it. Hey, I got a little bit of everything. This is tremendous. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to get Joey Vitale's first pick if he had a food draft to participate in. And uh, he's going to join us next, our blues analyst, our, our weekly visit with Joey V. Might not talk hockey, but it'll be fun on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com.
Some of the highlights of the great career of Vladimir Tarasenko as a member of the St. Louis Blues. Now he's a member of the New York Rangers. And Joe Vitale has been the Blues analyst now. This is his fifth year, and he had a chance in his rookie year to witness Vladdy and the Blues win the Stanley Cup. Joe with us on the Braun and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Joey V. How you doing? Hey, Randy, I'm doing great. I tell you what, listening to those highlights, you know, it's just what a what a wonderful job he did here in St. Louis. And to cap it off with the Stanley Cup and I know Vladimir Tarasenko, there's been some drama over the last couple of years, as we all know, but to me, he's always been a true professional. He's been a great person to me. He's treated me great. And uh, there's only a few players in this league, uh, I've always said it, that can turn the game over with one twitch of the wrist. And certainly he is one of them. I go back to last year in that playoff against the Minnesota Wild. When he came alive there in game five, you just knew the series was over. You felt Minnesota say, oh boy, here we go. And that was, of course, the game he scored the hat trick, and uh, the rest was history there. So certainly going to be missed. Now wishing him the well there in New York. Hey, Joey, with Vladdy out of here now, does that bring added pressure to, to Kyrou and, and to Robert Thomas? You know, I don't think it brings pressure. Uh, Kerry, I think it actually just brings more opportunity. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think those guys are going to feel any pressure. You know, they got eight years. I mean, nine with Kyrou because, you know, his, his deal doesn't even start till next year. For Robert Thomas, eight years, I mean, there's, there's plenty of time, plenty of cushion. You know, this to me is um, it's an addition by subtraction a little bit. This was a move that needed to get done. This is a move uh, in long time in, in coming. And I think that when you lose a player like this, I remember being on teams where we lost, we lost good players. Yeah, I remember Antoine Vermette, when we lost, we, he lost him in Arizona. Keith Yandel, he got moved in Arizona. He went to the Rangers. Vermette went to Chicago, won a cup, and then eventually came back. But you lose big-time players, and then you just have more opportunities around. And not only opportunities, but there's also this, this feeling of when you have like such superstars like Tarasenko, we've seen this a lot. I remember this as a player. Players played with them. You just felt pressure to find them. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko is a passionate hockey player. I remember that game in Arizona a couple weeks ago. He comes back to the bench. He's with Kairou. He gets on the bench. He sits down. He absolutely slams the door, bangs his stick. He's a passionate player. He's been in this league a long time. That's one of the things we loved about him is his passion. But sometimes for a young player playing alongside him, that can really hurt the development of a young player, where if he sees a superstar's frustration, maybe they, they get away from their personal game as a young player. So, yes, it is going to be a little bit of pressure, but I think more growth and more opportunity for those guys where now they patiently, at least the flip side for me, they can patiently go about their game now and really just kind of focus on themselves and then the players are working around where they can kind of play that give-go style of the game. And, Joey, with free agency now and with trades and with – a salary cap, the player that spends his entire career with one team, that's going to be few and far between. I, I'm guessing that Crosby and Ovechkin will both do it. There's a couple of players in the league that I think will wind up starting and finishing their career with one team. But of the entire group of players in the NHL, it's going to be less than 3% probably that wind up playing their entire career with one team. Yeah, that's why I mean, Randy, we knew this was coming at some point. And, you know, you, you brought up Sidney Crosby, and, and you know a lot of fans – you know, some of you don't know this, but playing along Sid, he was one of the most superstitious players I ever played with. He makes $8.7 million, which also happens to be his number, which also happens to be the date he was born, August 7th of 1987. So, you know, a lot of his contract of making 8.7 has to do with just his superstition. But the, but, but the real reason, the real reason is because he made a commitment to that organization along with Evgeny Malkin, Mark andre Fleury, and Chris Hang. That they didn't want to, they didn't want to, you know, make a ton of money, and they wanted to win Stanley Cups. Now, it certainly has worked out very well there in Pittsburgh for that reason. And to your point, 
if you want to stay in an organization, you, you do got to take a pay cut. You do have to stay healthy. You, you do got to be surrounded with good enough players where you are staying competitive every year. Uh, the Boston Bruins are another team that kind of reminds you a little bit about that. Look what Brad Marchand's doing. Uh, Patrice Bergeron. Those guys could be making a lot more money probably elsewhere, but they've decided to take that kind of a little bit of a shave where they want to stay competitive. And when you're staying competitive, ownership wants to keep you around. We- Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, Toronto Maple Leafs certainly are a team that are getting paid a boatload, right? Those top three players, top four players, like Nylander, Tavares, uh, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, those guys are making around $10 million, and it's interesting to see them year after year not stay competitive. So and that's why you also hear names like Austin Matthews being moved, Nylander maybe being moved at some point all last year. That was the big, uh, the big travel swirling around as well. So, yes, very, very difficult for a player to stick around and be around forever. I will say, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko, has done what he needed to do here in St. Louis, um, capping it off with the Stanley Cup. He was an absolute monster, and back in 2019, especially those back those back two rounds, San Jose and Boston just could not be touched. And without him, we don't win a Stanley Cup. So again, you, you love to see him move on to a better opportunity. And you know what? At the end of the day, you got a first rounder for him, and then some. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the goal: get a first rounder. Uh, Randy Carey, you, you've seen some of the names still around in the free agency market. There's players like Timo Meyer. There's players like Patrick Kane. Guys, there's only so many first-rounders that uh, teams can throw out at you, right? So I think for Doug Armstrong, he found a team with a first-rounder and a couple little assets to, to, to bring back as well. He did his job, and, and, and the rest the rest will kind of sort itself out now. Hey, Joey, I want to shift gears a little bit. We just had our Super Bowl food draft, and if you were picking your food, your first overall pick for a Super Bowl party, uh, what would that food be? You know, I'm a big nacho guy, Kerry. I'm a big nacho guy. And I love when the nachos all stick together because when you're sharing them with people, you, you kind of take one at a time. You kind of take one at a time. But every now and then, some will kind of stick together. And then, uh, you know, to me, that's still considered one nacho. So I'll kind of grab them. And uh, luckily, I can have those now because I'm married. I got five kids. Listen, I got nothing to prove. I got nothing to show for. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I certainly do respect the people that go on their first date or with a group of people that order a, order a plate of nachos because those things can get a little bit messy. Joey V, my team, we each got five players on our team. My first choice was pizza. Nachos was my second selection. I got a party sub third. I got a cookie cake fourth. And then my undrafted free agent was loaded tots. What do you think of my team? Hey, loaded tots. I haven't heard the loaded tots one. That that is an interesting one. I I would say the potato skins, I would throw up there as well. They're Randy. But you know what? Yeah, how, How can you forget about pizza? Number one, pizza overall. Uh, easy grab, easy go. It's good for the kids. It's good for the adults. Everyone loves pizza. So, yeah, to me, to me, that's about as solid as it gets. I may sub out the tots for just some good old-fashioned potato skins, though. So let me give you the other two teams. Matthew took wings with the first overall selection. He got Ruffles chips with French onion dip. He got bacon-wrapped Little Smokies. His fourth selection was buffalo chicken dip, and his uh, Matthew's fifth was toasted ravs. And then CD took sliders with his first rounder, then Rotel dip, meatballs. He got brownies and garlic knots. Wow, that's kind of off the radar. I kind of like in his style a little bit better. It's more Italian themed uh, with the garlic. Now, what are the what are the bacon wrapped smokies? Is that like a, a hot dog? Is that a hot dog wrapped in bacon? Yeah, a little mini dog wrapped in bacon. Oh, okay. Yeah, my my good friend actually, Mike. Uh, I think it's Mike Hubble. My good friend, he actually wraps bacon in chestnuts. Have you guys ever had these before? He does them for the Super Bowl. They're fantastic. But I think anything wrapped, <laughs> I think anything wrapped in bacon. I mean, you wrap me up in bacon, yeah. my wife will fall in love with me all over again. 
you always you always have uh, the, the great uh, food takes, and and so we were trying to figure out what would be the best food. Uh, I stole brownies from Randy, and he was a bit frustrated. I, Joey, I don't know if you've seen frustrated or angry Randy, but he's a he's a different fella than than you may know or be accustomed to. Listen, I listened to the fight a little bit, guys. I was on the road this morning. He, you know, here you didn't you didn't even need to say. I felt you I could feel it right? long enough. I've listened to Randy enough long enough to know he doesn't even need to speak. Like, when he's not talking, I know something's up. I know like, he's fired up. Uh, to, to Randy's defense, too, the uh, the Blues question, who was drafted in you know 2001 to 2020 with all the points and says his hair his hair's gray and uh, uh, he's got he's six foot two. I mean, that was a little ridiculous of a question. I, I have to take Randy's spot on that one. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate having you on my side. That's a dog. He's got a golden retriever. He was born somewhere on the northern hemisphere. I mean, come on, guys. Let's, let's, let's simplify these questions. Ah, I thought we were paisans, Joey. <laughs> oh, hey. Even I'm driving like, okay, 2000 to 2010, he's leaves in points, goals, and, and, and then he's not even drafted by the Blues. So he's just drafted. Okay, well, that's the majority of everyone in the league because most players aren't drafted. <laughs> Joey V, uh, you're the man. Anyway. No, hey, I, I will say before I go, though, if, if I have to throw one more food up there, it's going to be Randy Character's Carrot Cake. I haven't got oh. it in a long time. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not mad. I know it's going to be coming to me around the corner. I love also – here in Chip Carry with you guys this morning. Boy, what a great voice. And uh, that was a great double segment. And I'm really looking forward to, to hearing his voice more in St. Louis. I think all, all Cardinals, Blues, and St. Louis fans should be excited as well. That was really cool of you guys talking this morning. Yeah, that was fun. Hey, who do you got on Sunday in the Super Bowl? I'm going cheese, baby. I'm going cheese because uh, my kids want cheese. My wife wants cheese. Everyone I'm getting together with on Sunday wants the cheese. And I hate. I despise you know I you know I hate Philadelphia going back to the Flyers Penguins rivalry <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, losing Game Six of the Western Conference there our excuse me Eastern Conference Finals leaving that getting our beer cans just chucked it as windows were breaking <laughs> as we were leaving Philadelphia I mean it was a complete disaster yeah. ever since that day I despise anyone from Philly anytime I see the Eagles shirt I don't eat Philly cheesesteak sandwiches I stay away from Philly uh, Philly um, uh, what's it the, the cream cheese nothing Philly in my house ever <laughs> Joey V I will I will agree with you Philly fans are are they they are very interesting people I, I just leave it at that they say some things that you cannot repeat uh, and that children should not be able to hear we, we, last one for you. we were in Philadelphia playing the, I swear to you Eric Kane Grady he was my roommate he just got called up we're, we're in town playing the Flyers this is Philadelphia for us we're crossing the street of this nice shopping town my one buddy goes hey you guys want to go to Lululemon and he kind of says it out loud and then Eric Kane Grady goes nah Lululemon I can't I can't fit in any Lululemon. I just, I, I just can't because my, my, and literally some guy across the street overhears it from Philadelphia. He goes, "Try losing some weight, you fatty." <laughs> 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 oh We're like, "Whoa, hey, hey!" Oh I'll never forget that story. I mean, that was Philadelphia. Try oh. losing some weight, you fatty, like some random stranger. I've never, I've never liked that in Philadelphia. You know, whatever. It's all good. Unbelievable. Hey, Joey V, have a great weekend. We'll be tuned in tomorrow. Always appreciate your time. Love you. See you later. Okay, we love you guys. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Take care. That is, uh, that's just the highlight of, the, of my week. Yeah, yeah. Joey V is awesome. He's great. We're going to head down the stretch. We've got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up here on 101 ESPN, but we've got rock and roll next. 
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Hey, Carrie, what you doing on Sunday? You need, uh, what about wings? You, the wings were the first pick in the uh, in the draft. Well, Pappy's had some good barbecue, some good smokehouse barbecue, and you can go into their Olive location in Midtown, or you can go into their St. Peter's location we just opened in 2020, or give them a call at 314-535-4340. Get your orders in quickly because they are uh, going fast. Yeah, the, gotta... wings are, the wings are almost <laughs> out, so you got to call today. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, if you just want to get some ribs and stuff like that, then uh, they carry out for your party. Yeah. yeah. And thanks, Pappies, for dropping some stuff by. We appreciate it. We will. We definitely appreciate it because we're going to be digging in in a, about how much time we got? Seven few, minutes? A few minutes, yeah. yeah. Six minutes. Okay, before we uh, get to rock and roll, your pick, what's the score going to be on Sunday? 35, sorry, 34-24, Philadelphia Eagles. And I have Philadelphia winning 31-27. to I have them covering, and let's see, it's uh, 31, 38, 48, 58. So I've got it going over. 51 is the over-under. Okay. Uh, so, all right. What about you, Matthew? I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. You said the over-under is 51. Mm-hmm. I have it going under by just a little bit. I have right now 27, 21 has been my number I've had the entire time. Chiefs get a chance at the end to maybe win a, to go down and uh, hit it, you know, make a game-winning mm-hmm. touchdown, and they don't do it. Eagles win by six. That's what I think I'm rolling with right now. All right. What do we got on Rock and Roll? Well, Rock and Roll, I really just kind of wanted to get some of your, more of your thoughts on the Super Bowl because we didn't really get to dive into it too much today. We had a lot of great conversations with Chip and, and, and some other people today, Robert Thomas, Joey Vitale, Jay Delsing to start off the show. So here's my thoughts. You're going into maybe your FanDuel. You're going to get some prop bets going, and one of my favorite prop bets is always first to score overall. Oh. If you had to take... A first player to score, first of all, is it going to be the Chiefs or going to be an Eagle? And then hmm. give me why you're, you're picking your Chief or Eagle for this pick. Ah, that's an interesting question. I like that question. I feel like, I really feel like Miles Sanders is who popped into my head for the Philadelphia Eagles. The second drive of the game. I think mm-hmm. the Chiefs, you know, they get they punt, the Eagles get the ball, and then Miles Sanders takes, the, takes it in for a rushing touchdown from six yards out. It's interesting because I was the first thing that popped into my head. It's so instinctive. It was Hertz, like on a two yard mm, run, okay. just a little bootleg, and uh, Hertz carrying it in. Okay, and then here's another one. Most receiving yards in the game right now, Travis Kelsey is the only one who's a favorite. Everyone else, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith. Not Jamar Chase. Uh, A.J. Brown. Oh, sorry. A.J. Sorry. AJ <laughs> Brown. Chase, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and then uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is how the odds are going right now. I, I would say Travis Kelsey is a good bet because he's going to get a lot of uh, targets. But I've been saying it all, all for the last couple of weeks since we knew the Super Bowl matchup that I think A.J. Brown is going to go off. He's not had one of those games yet. Um, in the first uh, first game of the division series, he was a little upset after the game because, or, or towards the end of the game because he wasn't getting the touches. Obviously, last week in the NFC Championship, they didn't need to pass the ball uh, extensively. So I think, I think a healthy Jalen Hurts shoulder and a healthy A.J. Brown versus a Secondary, a young secondary of mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me that bet. I just, I get this feeling that somewhere along the line, Devontae Smith is going to have a 60-yard catch. Yeah. And so I could see him, 
with five for 110 or something like that. I, I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. And right now, if you go to FanDuel and go in their sportsbook, you can get either Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes as Super Bowl MVP for plus 130, or you can take the field for minus 170. Which one are you taking in that bet? Quarterback. Yeah, I would take Hurts. So you guys would take take Hurts plus one thirty. And quarterbacks generally win the thing. Do you know? So when we played in the Super Bowl, everyone we had to sign this. um, I forget what it was, but for for Disney Disney, to basically say Mm -hmm. after you won the Super Bowl MVP, you would do the Mm -hmm. tagline and do all of that, and you would be awarded whatever. It was it was really signing that made it real. Like holy smokes! Like I could really be (laughs) Super Bowl MVP. Do you know who also had to sign it? Our long snapper. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He looked at it and said, what the hell am I going to do with this? <laughs> no way. In what possible situation? I mean, that, that literally can't happen. It, it, I mean, right? you would know who the long snapper is if he doesn't perform well. Other mm-hmm. than that, you don't know who they are. No. If there was a least valuable player award, maybe, if he, if he blows a couple of snaps. I, yeah. I honestly don't think there's yep. a possible permutation. Was, he brought the, He's like, well, we were all getting him. He's like, really? Me? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know what, though? If, if I were playing the field, I wouldn't take Kelsey. I wouldn't take Brown. I wouldn't take Sanders. I wouldn't take Pacheco. One guy from each team, it's going to be Chris Jones, and it's going to be Hassan Reddick. Hmm. As Super Bowl MVP? Yep. Hassan Reddick is plus 3,000 right now to win Super Bowl MVP. Hassan Reddick is plus 3,000. That's a bet. That's a bet. (sighs) Man, I like that one. When's the last time a defensive player won it, though? Von Miller. Von Miller. Von Miller. Okay. Uh, But it's not, I mean, seven years ago. I think it's three since 2000. Malcolm Smith, Von Miller. Butler. And. No. Malcolm Butler didn't win it. No, no, Dexter Jackson with Tampa. With the Tampa. I remember Larry Brown with. with I think, yeah, I think since 2000, I think those are the only three defensive players to win Super Bowl MVP. It's not often. Off the top no. of my head. Mainly, and I should know that better because I did a fight question on Should have been a trivia ago. question. Um, listen, earlier in the week, we <laughs> talked about. Reasonable. Fair, 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 fair trivia question. I swear. <laughs> It's a deep breath. It's the deep breath for me. <laughs> Randy, Randy has has grown and matured and understands that when you inhale and exhale, it releases toxins and it allows you to be in a better mind state. Because if not, you might just snap. So scary. <laughs> so you're you're gonna have to bear with me next oh. week because I always tell my heart story on Valentine's Day. Okay. And by the way, 11 years ago today, 2012, I was in the hospital. I was I was waiting to to have my bypass done. But the best thing I learned through that entire experience was to and, and I just told a friend this last week uh, that um, to just breathe, just smell the flowers, blow out the candles. Not just breathe, but yeah. if there's a <laughs> best way to deal with Matthew's questions. <laughs> It's to smell the flowers and blow out the candles. (laughs) (laughs) That will prevent me from having a heart attack. We want you to stay healthy, Randy. We love you. We want you to breathe. Take it easy. There you go. Just keep going. You know what the funny thing is about the fight questions? I'll be honest with you. It's never the one that I think is going to get me. Like, oh. like when I wrote that one, I was like, oh, yeah. 
That's a great question. Vladimir Taylor II just got traded. You know, let's talk about Blues who have had a huge impact on the franchise in a way you wouldn't expect. Granny didn't think so. Neither did Joey. Joey D's on my side. I thought that, like, that's what gets me is, like, I legitimately wrote that question, uh, finished it, and was like, oh, yeah, Matt. You got a good one there. <laughs> and then as I'm saying it, I'm like even thinking in my head, yeah, that's a good one. For some reason, honestly, I thought because of all the ABA and Dr. J stuff, uh, I thought that one was going to be the one that bit me today. I was, I was. if you would have asked me before the show, one of your fight questions is going to get you in trouble today, I would have put $100, $100 that it's going to be the dunk contest one. Yeah. Well, <sighs> Yeah. Uh, so we've got Super Bowl weekend coming up. We hope you enjoy it. We will be breaking down the Super Bowl on uh, on Monday morning between seven and ten. And by the way, uh, we I, I don't have uh, well. Uh, I'm going to try to get every food that I had on my draft. My, and by you can re- get that on Twitter. I'll retweet it in a minute. Matthew's got it up, and you can pick your favorite team of Super Bowl foods. Have, uh, what do you got going on on Sunday afternoon? Where are you going to be, Matthew? I'm just going to be. I think I'm just going to be watching it kind of at home, just going to make up my own uh, Super Bowl spread, probably with at least three or four of my uh, of my five picks, if not all five of them. And yeah, I'm just going to sit down and watch the game again. I'm I'm like Klabe's, and, and for him, it's less it's less the people talking to me during the game. It's more that when I watch it with other people, mm-hmm. they want to talk during the game and be silent during the commercials. And I want to yeah, tr- right. I want to treat it like it's a football game, and I want to talk during the commercials and be silent during the game. And so I can't I can never stand it. I'm going to be at home and mm-hmm. uh, and watching the game with family and just chilling. Yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm a I like peace and quiet yeah. though. I, I like that I'm, too. Uh, my friends at uh, Fenton Bar and Grill have those spectacular trash wings that I talk about every day. Mm-hmm. And if you want some great wings for your party, get in touch with my friends at Fenton Bar and Grill. FentonBarandGrill dot com. They do well. They're the they're the greatest trash wings in town. So give them a call. They're fantastic, and uh, you're fantastic. We appreciate you tuning in. Enjoy the golf. The, the, you've got the uh, Scottsdale tournament. You've got the Waste Management Open. So if you're uh, going to be partaking of that, enjoy that this weekend. And, of course, enjoy Super Bowl 57. Great job by our producer engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. CD. Super Bowl champion, Kerry Davis. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.